I don't know, what what was it like for you not recording uh, for three weeks? Is it are uh, you excited to be back or what how does it feel? I'm excited to be back because um, just to give you a very brief overlook of my notes for tonight, um, after <laughs> a couple weeks of prep since we had two parts. Um, so yeah, I have a lot to go over. Um, for me, it was fine. For Athena, um, <laughs> the fur the there were definitely, I think, um, the first Wednesday that we didn't record because it was the week after she didn't really do much mm-hmm. last week though. She, she, there were on Tuesday, Wednesday, she sat by the door and meowed very mournfully around seven o'clock. Um, and then Thursday night, there's a guy walking out in the hallway and he was talking and she like hopped up towards the door uh-huh. Because I think she thought it was you. <laughs> That's cute. Makes and, me feel very loved. And then I was like, it's not him. And she was very, very sad. Well, she kind of looked at me pitifully. And I'm like, it's, it's not him. I'm sorry. You got another week to go. While... I was gone. You texted me something very funny. Uh, you started texting me updates of uh, how many days had been for Athena sent a cam- a white boy sighting, a Cameron sighting, which was <laughs> a direct... Our, 28 days since our last Cameron incident uh-huh. was the first one. Yeah. To, as of today, it was 35 days since I was last in like, this apartment. Yeah. And if I'm in Rachel's apartment and it's Wednesday night... <laughs> That must mean that it's Starformers night. Welcome to Rebels and Robots. It is our weekly discussion about Star Wars and... Transformers. Um, I'm Cameron. I'm Rachel. Uh, welcome to our podcast. Um, this is episode 21 of our podcast. Um, I, I consistently forget to say the number of the episode each week. <laughs> it's just uh, a surprise when you look at the feed which episode it is. Yeah, so we, uh, without knowing it, recorded our 20th episode last time we met we, did. we split it up uh we did not go into it expecting to split it up so uh our podcast can legally drink now <laughs> <laughs> it's not years it's just <laughs> weeks um but yeah we uh so congratulations getting through 20 episodes of this podcast that's Ooh. pretty good um and thank you listeners for listening to us um whether this is your first episode or your 21st episode we're really glad to have you um it's really good to be back it's been um three weeks mm-hmm. since we last recorded um and i we were gone because i got married yay <laughs> and congratulations yeah well, thank you very much we're, um, very, we're all very excited for you well do you want to uh kick us off with a, a i would never have thought to even talk about this on the podcast but there's something from my wedding that i think you want to talk yeah, about i haven't listed um <laughs> yes so, um we get through the ceremony Beautiful, beautiful ceremony. Absolutely gorgeous, beautiful location. Beautiful bride and groom. Fantastic, beautiful ceremony. We love it. We sit down, uh, and I say we as in me and our other friends. Uh, we sit down at the reception, and the MC starts, you know, we're going to welcome in the wedding party. And a very familiar song starts playing. And uh, are you going to play it? Uh-huh. So, and I look over, and it starts playing. And apparently, I think the first word, according to a third-party source, aka one of our friends who mentioned it to Cameron, was that I, what the first words out of my mouth were 
peak podcast content. <laughs> All right, I'll stop us from getting copyright struck. Yeah, but but uh, that is the Throne Room song from Star Wars New Hope. It's my favorite Star Wars song, and it, I also thought it a very fitting, victorious song to play as my wedding party entered uh, the the reception, as well as myself and my my wife. It was also very well timed because it gets to the f- like the ultimate theme right as they come in. You know, it kind of builds up. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah, right as you two walked in, and I was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, right here. Well, it would have been a little bit later when we walked in. It would probably would have been. It probably would have been more like. Dun. Yeah, it probably would have been this part yeah. right here. Right. Uh, right. About now. Yep, that's when they walked in. It was yeah. very, it was very adorable. We loved it. Thank you. Thank you. This is before our ears got blasted off by the speakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could probably tell all sorts of uh, wedding stories, but not none deep. are relevant to this podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> Later. Deep fried audios or deep fried ears for us. Um, um, but yes, yeah, so that's why we were gone um, for, for some time. But we're back. Uh, and I'm glad that we're back. The last thing I said, that the, the sign out I had on the last episode was this podcast has survived... Uh, Caleb being French, <laughs> Rachel doing something. I don't remember exactly what it was. Something like forcing me to watch Transformers G1 or something like that. And then I said, and hopefully Cameron getting married. So us recording that right now fulfills that promise Yay. as officially survived we should at end each, for one episode. We should end each episode with Cameron staying married. <laughs> Not that I have any doubts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to preview today's episode, um, as so today is Wednesday, June 7th. Um, tomorrow night, a new live-action, theatrically-released Transformers movie comes out. What a fortuitous time to start a Transformers podcast. We didn't I even... Know. I mean, like, it was par- it was part of the idea, looking forward to things we could talk about, but like, we didn't like look forward and think we should start a Transformers yeah. podcast because of the Transformers movie coming yeah. out. So... In order to prepare for this this new exciting movie, it, um, I was going to also say the last movie came out in 2018, I believe. So it's been five years oh. since we got a live action Transformers Ugh. film. Yeah, which I think is the longest gap since they started I in 2007. Right. There would have been, yeah, not that many years between Last Night and Bumblebee. Mm. So yeah, this is definitely the longest gap. There was like four years between three and four, I think. So um, this is very exciting. Um, we'll see how it turns out. We have no idea. I've Oops, been avoiding all Transformers reviews. episode. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so in, in order to prepare for this, tonight we watched a movie that neither of us had ever seen. It's not that surprising. Shockingly, I haven't really. seen it, but it's really surprising you haven't seen it. Um, what is the movie, Rachel? Um, 1986, The Transformers. The movie, I think it is. Oh, yeah. It is actually part of the title. Oh. Um, yeah, and so we'll talk about that as our main subject, but as always, we start off with News, any thoughts oh, or anything that's happened since the last time we recorded and oh, being gosh. three weeks is quite a bit of news to oh, talk gosh. about. Okay. Um, I don't have anything written down. I, I trust you that you have anything <laughs> written down that I would have written down. So Did you go see for news it. while you were away and you're like, that ah, Rachel's probably seen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm, she's probably I, not. I did not anticipate that there'd be anything small enough that I would have to write it down. So I trust that you have everything worthwhile. So I feel like the most 
uh, surprising bit of mm-hmm. news is, as you've probably seen the screenshot. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I can't remember what exactly it was. Um, Ray Stevenson, uh, who's been a part of the Star Wars family, um, passed away a couple weeks ago. He was, I think, 55. Mm-hmm. And so he's, well, his last project is going to be Ahsoka, where he plays the main villain, well, that we know of Balin Scroll. Mm-hmm. Um, he also played Gar Saxon in Star Wars Rebels. Um, so very... And he's, he's also one of the Vizlas, I think. I might be wrong. About uh, that. I, I think, think he is the Vizla in Clone Wars. Oh yes. no, no, sorry. Gar Saxon is also in Clone. Wars. I did not. Okay, yeah, oh, so I was gonna yes. say Gar Saxon. Yeah, sorry. I knew it was one of like the more villainous like, Mandalorians. He was he was, he was a, a villain for most of the Rebels, yes. right? Yes. Um. So yeah. So he he did a voice. I didn't realize it was the same character he voiced in Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's been in Star Wars before. Um. He's been a lot of other geek media. He's um one of the uh, warriors three in the Thor movies. His character mm-hmm. name is Volstag. He's the big guy. Um. He's also he played a really really good iteration of the Punisher in mm-hmm. Punisher Warzone. Um. He was in GI Joe Retaliation. He was in the Divergent movies. Ugh. Sorry. <laughs> um. But he's also like really good in movies like the other guys. And what else have I seen him in? The, he's I always every time I see him, every time he pop, pops up, used to pop up. I loved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, I mean, it's sad when any person dies, but especially like this, he's, he's a really excellent unexpected. actor, and he was really starting to really peak as an actor. He's in so yeah. many different things, and then being the main villain in a Star Wars show, like mm-hmm. it, his career was really in a cool direction, and yeah. so very unfortunate. Um, it'll be interesting to see where ahsoka ends and how that relates to his character whether his his character could his storyline could end in ahsoka and then doesn't matter but if there was intention for that character to keep going on yeah it'll be interesting to see how they handle that yeah so yeah major major piece of news while we were gone for sure yeah he's in rrr the uh the bollywood film i was like (laughs) off topic i think the announcement of that winning the award is so funny you seen that video where rrr wins an award off show video. I don't Anyways, think I have. Okay. But so, yeah, pretty sad. Kind of kind of sad start to the news because um another sad news. Um John Beasley um also passed away. Um he was 79 and so he didn't have a big role, but he first appeared he f- appeared in the first episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, um, interesting. I believe he was in the first, uh, like the barkeep in the first scene. Ah, interesting. Um, or, or he was in one of the bar scenes. So, yeah, there's uh, Star Wars has gotten so big that yeah. like there, anytime there's like one, oh, this is kind of a side tangent. Something I've been wanting to bring up on the podcast for a while. I wasn't sure how to bring it up. Something that, so I pretty much the uh, Rebels and Robots Facebook account that I have. Um, <laughs> I've specifically only followed Star Wars and Transformers accounts on there, so that's that's the kind of, that's where I go to find all the meme, my memes and news and stuff. Can we please Star Wars accounts please stop saying happy birthday to every single actor that's barely related to Star Wars? It is, I know, it's like self parody at this point. Uh-huh. Every time I see it, like someone will be like barely connected to Star Wars and it will say happy birthday. It is insane it's too much it's like every day there's a different it's like obviously someone like dave filoni mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense 
of course. But like, oh, it's it's so unnecessary. Like, I don't care that it's random actor's birthday. I just don't. It's I know ridiculous. what accounts you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, the most. It's some of the most worthless content on the. It's internet. on Twitter too. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Um, it must be easy likes, or else they wouldn't do it. Yeah. But like, it just like, it's it's just like insane. Every time I see it, it continues to uh, surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, other, I have other news. Uh, I this happened like two days before you got married, so we knew about it. And that was announced. Um, Disney's Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel will be oh, permanently yeah. closed in September. A lot of great memes about that for sure. Yeah. My favorite of which being uh, all of the uh, people kept taking images of it and putting uh, spirit Halloween ah, costumes. Yes, spirit over of Halloween it. on so it. So funny. Yes. So good. Um, so I don't think, I think they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do for all the people who had already had trips reserved after uh-huh. September. I'm, gu- I'm guessing they're going to, I don't see a reason why they wouldn't refund. I mean, so I mean, I can see a reason. It's like you don't have well, to pay people. Okay. Back. <laughs> well, aside from the obvious, but um, oh, if you hear crunching in the background, it's, it's our supervisor Athena. She's there she having is. a snack. Stick around, Athena. I have something that involves you later. Oh. Anyways. Ominous. <laughs> um. So lots of funny jokes about that. I've seen some interesting discourse. Um, uh, people are like, well, it was very, some, I think someone was like, well, it was kind of a niche interest. So they're not surprised it's closed. But, and then most people are like, well, it's the price of like $5,000 for two nights. And also the fact that you can't actually, you can't dress up either. Mm-hmm. If I think, well, the price is, if you ask me, outrageous. Oh, uh, totally. But I think if they lowered the price and allowed um people to dress up like cosplay oh my gosh can you imagine how popular it'd be <laughs> yeah I think people would love it um i do find it hilarious um spoilers for princess and the scoundrel mom i know you have that book um <laughs> for my mom who's listening i know you have that book this is kind of spoilery um but so the princess and the scoundrel is a book about han and leia's wedding canon book do you know where it takes place? I don't think so. On the canon Galactic Star Cruiser. Oh, uh, okay. We did talk about this. So, I thought we had talked about it before. I mean, it's not so like yes. major spoilers. I think it says it on the inside of the book leaf. But anyways, spoilers, mom. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the other news, uh, Ming-Na Wen, who is famous for voicing Mulan in the original animated movie, and Arfenic Shan in Star Wars received uh, her a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, yeah. That was... What else has she done other than Star Wars stuff? She voiced Mulan. Oh, you just said that, right? Yeah. Um, anything else other than that? It just like, I was a little surprised like it's taken this long for Carrie Fisher to get a star, but um, for her to be getting a star such a shortly after was surprising to me. Uh, Mulan 2. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, of course multiple star wars projects bad batch book of boba fett mandalorian um stargate universe (laughs) huh she was in the batman for a short amount of time hmm interesting if i remember correctly and i could be totally wrong about this and also something ralph breaks the internet Mm -hmm. Uh, probably as mulan 
Shut up. <laughs> the look Shut you up. gave me. Um, I could be totally wrong about this. And something that we've never quite directly addressed on this podcast, but taking inspiration from some of my favorite podcasts, we don't normally fact check or do research very much for this other than looking for memes. But um, I believe the cele- celebrities themselves pay for the star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they do have to. you don't really have to be that famous to get yeah. a star. I mean, voice of Mulan is significant. I'm not saying that she's not, but like, oh, so in comparison, oh no, I think I see what you're pointing at. Oh no, she's in Velma. But what? Who? Who is she? In it? I, no, I don't know. I'm I'm afraid to look at. Um, so, anyways, yeah, interesting piece of news. Good for her. You know, it's weird. Still... Owls in it. That's weird. In Carol, I don't know who that is. Okay. Um, she's also in. This is really funny. The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, the show. The Jimmy Neutron show. Uh-huh. Um, hey, Arnold, House of Mouse. Wow. She's a... I mean, I expected her to be in a ton, but like a lot of stuff from my childhood. Um, I hear crinkling. Is your cat crinkling some paper somewhere close by? Is she to your right? I can hear her. Where... <laughs> I, can't, I can't see her, but I can she's, hear her. She's in that. She's in her tunnel. Oh, wow, that's crazy that we're picking that up. The mics are a little extra sensitive today because I could hear her crunching, too. <laughs> that's great. She's she, I, We can barely see her because she's I in know. her black little tunnel. All we can see here is like the little bit of white of it in her ears and her eyes. Athena! <laughs> <laughs> her eyes point right at us and catch the light. Anyways, uh, what's your next piece of news? Okay. Um... Okay, this is an article. I am going to read you the article. It's for, so it's from the oh, it's from the Washington Post. I hope I can read it. No. <laughs> if you hit your free article number, maybe send it to me. Maybe I can read it. No, I need to do it. I'll just create my free article, and then I'll never pay for it again. <laughs> uh, support the press, but support local. <laughs> Anyways. Um. No, I don't have a... Please, I just want to read the article. Anyways. Here's, here it is. Oh, it skipped down. Hate that. <laughs> the real Bumblebee and Optimus Prime roll out for Georgetown statues. That is the title of the article. Okay. So, what is happening in Georgetown... Oh, I read this while I was gone. Is, yes, yes. There is a continue. brain scientist who has put... Um, some who's put two statues out. I don't know why this is blurred like it's censored. Maybe because it's free. I can't see the image. Brain scientist who has a has like uh, eight ten foot statues of Optimus Prime and Bumblebee outside of his front door, <laughs> and it has created um, an outrage because the DC Public Space Committee um, is going to gather to consider whether to allow two towering statues in the likeness of Optimus Prime and Bumblebee to remain standing outside a Georgetown home. They will hear from local residents, college students, and the homeowner. And this is where the article gets so funny. They will also hear from Optimus Prime and Bumblebee. That's right. This won't be an ordinary hearing or at least a boring one. The Autobots in their own voices will defend their place on the block thanks to an attorney with a sense of humor and two actors who are used to rolling to the rescue. Peter Cullen, who has served as the voice for Optimus Prime in the Transformers movies and animated series, and Dan Gilvezan, who gave voice to Bumblebee in the animated series, are listed on the petitioner's witness list for the hearing. Uh, it's going to be held virtually, 
but um but Gilvazan plans to place a photo of Bumblebee on his screen and offer testimony in the voice. Um Oh man. It's just oh, it's so funny. I think like it's just the it's... fact that we've had three quote unquote in person appearances from Meg uh Optimus Prime this year alone is, is... P- the devil like, works hard, but his PR manager works harder. Like, there's no way there's been... Like, I know because the, it's mostly because there's a live-action movie coming up, but there's no way there's been this much Transformers news in previous years. So the fact that we would start a Transformers podcast this year and get luck out on this kind of news is wild. Do you think the scientists just, like, wrote them letters? It was like, I have statues of you guys outside my home. Can you come defend? They were probably like, absolutely we will. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's weird. It's uh, so fun. It is fun, for sure. Would Chris Hemsworth do that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have beef with the casting <laughs> let's, let's for next write year's him. animated movie. Let's write him and ask him. Um, I have some other news. Just a little bit. And this is... Uh, I don't know if this is necessarily news, but we don't have to show it. But... Um, so there's been this TikTok Wes Anderson trend. Mm-hmm. Paramount tried to do it. Uh-oh. And it, just, it was just bad. Because all they did was just take shots of the characters. The Wes Anderson trend is like where it's like, oh, live your life as if you're a Wes Anderson uh-huh. character. Some of them are really good, and Paramount was just not doing great. Um, yeah, it's just... Also kind of relevant to this, a lot of people have been using AI to make if Wes Anderson made something. I think the first major one was Star Wars. Oh, yeah, I thought At least one. recently. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, so this is, I thought this video of Cameron Monaghan, I think I say his name differently every time. And he is... Cal Kestis! Okay. His, his interview from uh, Star Wars uh, Celebration is just aggressively chaotic. Um, oops. Is an ad. Don't listen to it. It's an ad. It's an ad. <laughs> 2023. So, Cal Kestis himself, Cameron Monahan. I've said his name differently every time. <laughs> so, anyways, this is a three and a half video, and every time they ask Cameron something about, mm-hmm. it's just, is there going to be a poncho? And there's one bit that just gives an aggressive amount of energy of this podcast. Um, and uh. Okay. How has Cal evolved since contract? Let's get the stage until we find out whether or not there's a poncho. Well, you're not going to get an answer. So he's with one of the developers. What was that? Blink once if there's a poncho. You don't. Okay. Let's get this. Let's get this back on track. Let's get this back on track. Here's a real question. Yes. Not poncho related. Okay. So be prepared. It's okay. okay. Be prepared for this. Okay. How has Cal evolved since we last saw him? What's going on with him? Well, first thing I notice is he's not wearing a poncho. And- Cameron! <laughs> Before you go, is there very anything nice. that you'd like to say? Very nice. I think it's really funny because when he first mentions the poncho, the guy with him who's worked on the game goes, I said we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> and then what the, the host going, Cameron, it just feels like there's a lot of very similar energy. Um, and I'm not going to point fingers, but I just saw it and I was like, hmm, I relate. Uh, 
Anyways, I Very love Cameron. Good. I which <laughs> <laughs> I love Cal Kestis. Um, I also found out that um, I found this from Mace Awendu, uh, fellow Star Wars content creator. Mm-hmm. He posted so there's a Tarkin book, um, and apparently it's canon within uh, that Tarkin hates having to wear his military boots. It's canon in Star Wars universe because apparently Peter Cushing hated them on the set of A New Hope. Yeah, I've heard which this. Which is just kind of interesting. I think it's just kind of funny that someone was like, uh-huh. yeah, that checks out. <laughs> um, Very fun. I like that. It's a fun little detail. That's really all the news I got. All the other information I have is about Jedi Survivor. <laughs> um, so you finished the game. <laughs> uh, um, I finished the storyline. Oh, the storyline. Am I yeah, close to 100%ing it? absolutely yeah. not um do you want to give us just some general overviews of your final pin not final but like after completing the story how do you feel about it i really i enjoyed it more than jedi fallen order i think mm. they made a lot of quality of good quality of life changes mm-hmm. i just i okay cal kestis is in my top three jedi mm, cool. i really like cal he there's he's just lovable yeah um, what, what makes I, him so so I really like your favorite. in the first game, um, a lot of Cal's development is healing his relationship with the force, which mm. he cut himself off of after, you know, order 66, which was traumatizing because he was a child. Um, and so that's the first um, plot really like healing his relationship with the force. Um, the second game is um, a lot of the plot. It's, <sighs> Gosh, I loved it. Um, a lot of the second story is Cal. So he's, you know, he's a very strong <laughs> Jedi now. Um, and it's him finding his place and finding balance between the light and the dark. And kind of like figuring out the thin line of what is too much on either. Um of course, returning supporting cast is fantastic. Um, I'm a sucker for found family. Uh, <laughs> and that's uh, Cal and the Mantis crew. Amazing. Seer. Grease. Grease is one of the best <laughs> companions. I just, mm, he's the dad of the group. He's just so wholesome. And one thing I liked about this game is that you can talk to all the NPCs multiple times. There are side quests. It's so open world. Like, and, um, one of the planets that you're on predominantly is just massive. What planet is that? Kobo. Okay. Uh, kind of like an outer rim territory. Um, it looks gorgeous. Um, I was shocked when I got my first side quest. I was like, huh? They put side quests in this? <laughs> you can recruit people to go back to Kobo, like other NPCs you find on other planets. Um, it was a lot of fun. Nice. I'm glad you liked it. Um, do you you texted me um, an image when you got to the ending? Um, I do not mind being spoiled. I think. W- would you like to talk about? I would the like ending? to talk about this, anyways. So I guess there are a couple things I wanted to talk about before I got to the ending. I think that were kind of interesting that I saw. Um, so we know this going into it. Like if you kind of seen it, one of the plan. Okay, so one of the big plot points. Uh, is so Jet Cal I almost called him Jedi. So you know he's a survivor, and we first see him. He's kind of been split up from the rest of the crew, mm-hmm. um, and he's working for Saw Gerrera, 
who only appears in mention, doesn't actually show up uh-huh. in the game. The uh, lightest, the lightest of cameos. The, li- Just a brief the sprinkling of Saw Gerrera. <laughs> um, and so when he finally uh, catches back up with everyone, um, so Seer is on Jeddah with a group of, I'd almost kind of consider them a convent. They're not quite Jedi, but they are religious and kind of like the little more ancient force religion. Mm-hmm. Seer and these others have created the hidden path. The hidden path is what we see in Kenobi is what Tala takes Kenobi and Leia down ah. when they're in that room. And he goes, Quinlan was here. Quinlan yeah, boss, yeah. the hidden path. And Tala explains it. They have created that. Very cool. Um, So they have been shipping survivors and other uh, fugitives of the Empire against it. Um, What I not I didn't talk with the developers. Can you imagine (laughs) pulled that? No, I was looking at some talks from the developers, and one of them said they had to keep that so top secret Mm. because at the time they were making the game, it wasn't canon yet in Kenobi. Mm -hmm. And then it came out in Kenobi and they had to keep it under lock and key because they're working in tandem Mm -hmm. creating it. So that Mm -hmm. was really cool. The other plot line (laughs) is that um, there's a lot of High Republic stuff. Now, High Republic was 500 to 200 years before the Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. Old Republic that a lot of people are familiar with, that's like 5,000 years. Mm-hmm. So High Republic is Golden Age. Yoda is still around. Yeah. Um, that's actually where that new uh, Young Jedi mm-hmm. Adventures takes place, the High Republic. That's where a lot of the books and comics are happening right now. I'm um, mm-hmm. exploring that. Um, so, one, do you care if I tell you? Go, no, please go one of the it. villains that Cal wakes up because just casual, you know, this is what happens when you're the main character, you get in shenanigans. Real quick, can you explain what that means by wake up? Like, yes, how yes, are they alive? I was going to get into it. So, okay. Cal is um, investigating the rumors about um, a planet. Co- I forgot what it was called. That's okay. Um, a planet on the other side of a nebula that is very difficult to reach. That's why it mm-hmm. can't be reached. It's on the other side of a nebula. He's thinking this is a safe haven for the hidden path. Mm-hmm. Um, as he's investigating a lot of the High Republic ruins, um, he meets a High Republic droid who talks about this planet. And so as he investigates, he finds an old High Republic building. And in it, he finds um, a Bacta tank in it is a High Republic Jedi. Mm. Let's him free. Turns out this High Republic Jedi has been wronged by the Jedi Council, and he's actually a bad guy. Uh, Very much like Zod from Superman, Uh who was sent to the Phantom Zone and then escapes Uh and terrorizes Earth. So um, Cal accidentally sets him free, and so we have this very interesting parallel subplot of... The Jedi's name is Nag- name is Dagon Garrus. Um, he finding there's there's an ant on the wire. Sorry, <laughs> black wire. I can't see a black ant. Sorry, it's, how do you see it? <laughs> I saw. Oh, there, 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 kill it. Got him. Thank you. Sorry. Let's I go. have you now. Let's go have, bring it to Athena for a snack. <laughs> Anyways, um. <laughs> But so, uh, Dagon's goal 200 years ago, he found this planet. He and uh-huh. his friend, I can't remember her name. It's been a couple weeks. Um, 
some tension between them for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, they find this planet and they're like, this is a great um, place for a new Jedi Academy. They'd be protected. Mm. Well, they start to build the Jedi Academy. Turns out the planet isn't safe. It gets attacked by an alien force, just absolutely decimated. So the Jedi Council abandons it. And this pisses Dagon off. So he mm. like turns. He's ready to kind of go scorched earth. Uh, before his friend, she stops him, uh, knocks him out, puts him in a back to tank to protect him, mm. and then hides all the keys to get to um, this planet. I The fact that I can't remember the name, driving me bonkers. <laughs> but so there's a very interesting parallel of the villain focusing so highly on getting to this planet that he's willing to do anything, and we almost see Cal following a similar path. Mm. ultimately it gets to the point where he realizes you know if i go too much down this path what what good is it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if i'm trying to do good that i do bad in order to do it so it's yeah. just amazing oh i love it mm. it's like poetry it rhymes <laughs> um so very good plot there are some very interesting comments that um i thought were interesting yaddle is mentioned nice you can find a book called the theses of yaddle oh that's cute <laughs> Very cute. Um, Cal's like, I think my master had this one when you pick it up. It's very cute. Yeah. Cal interacting with anything and everything is amazing. It's just so, I don't know. I feel like that's something you would do. He interacts with BD1. You can give him little pats as he sits on your shoulder. Um, Seer, who wasn't uh, Cal's Jedi master. Um, Seer is a Jedi that Cal ran into in Jedi Fallen Order. I see. Um, But they kind of... How many at this point? There's like fifty Jedi. There are fifty to hundred out of ten thousand. I see. So, I was thinking in technical standards, we as humans, when we look at animal like species mm. extinction, we would consider that nearly extinct, if not extinct. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, there's a lot. They really bond because um, Cal lost his master to Order sixty six, mm-hmm. and Seer carries a lot of guilt because her Padawan became an Inquisitor. Ooh, she is second sister. Wow. There is a lot of trauma for them to unpack. Mm. So they kind of through, you know, they bond because they're yeah. both hurting. Um, when you meet Seer on Jeddah, they breed up, they, they bring up the Clone Wars. She makes an interesting quote, which I feel like is kind of the first time we hear this mentioned. She goes, Cal, you were just a child when they sent you off to war. And she goes, I remember there was a time when the Jedi were more than just weapons. And I just thought it was kind of interesting because we don't often see in-universe when Mm. they put children on the front lines yeah, as the Jedi did. Um, Now, some of these are pictures. Um, There's this really cool DT-looking sentry droid that looks similar to some things we see in Mando. Oh, yeah. Season two. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm assuming DT stands for Dark Trooper. Yeah. Yeah. Dark Trooper sentry droid. So anyways... um, that was really cool. Uh, I'm I'm gonna skip a lot. These are some things I thought were adorable. On Jedi, on Jedi, you travel through some tombs because I mean it's like a pilgrimage site. Mm. This is a gonk droid buried with its master. Aww. And I was like, is that one of the tuxedo ones? It is one of the tuxedo. Ones. <laughs> they dressed him up. Anyways, uh, <laughs> there is a portion in Kobo where there is a uh, Luker hold. Luger Holt separate separate. <laughs> okay, I've been able to talk about it. A Luger Holt separatist ship, and in okay. it are old Vulture droids and AATs, Ooh. like a ton. And you end up fighting 
some battle droids, right? Yes, there's yeah. a ton of battle droids. Um, they're hysterical, as always. Mm-hmm. There's one where that, that monologue's on a cliff you're under, and he's like, this is a nice view. Wow, I wish I could... Yeah, whatever. And then you can <laughs> let him monologue before you kill him. Um, I did encounter Rick, the door technician, uh-huh. which is a joke of... Um, <laughs> You turn down a hall in an an Imperial uh, base and it's a scout trooper and this big health bar comes up. It's just Rick, the door technician, and he charges at you, yells, and you cut him down in one swipe. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the interesting things about this game is there are multiple different stances. You can do the very typical single blade. You can do a double blade. You can do a dual wield and blaster wield. Blaster wield is really funny because it's like if Ezra wasn't afraid to kill people. <laughs> um, brutal. Some of the kills Cal Kestis has in this game are pretty rough. There was a great meme that I saw. It's very niche because of the reference. But uh, it said uh, something like, how could they do more with Jedi stuff in Jedi Survivor? And then it's a uh, it's a character from a show photoshopped to look like Cal Kestis, and it's the second boss from the show IT Crowd when he opens his drawer and he goes, "Look, a gun." <laughs> I saw a Which comment. Which is a incredible reference. I saw a comment. It was like, imagine you're a purge trooper that's trained their entire life in hand-to-hand combat to kill Jedi, and Cal Kestis shows up and just shoots you in the face. Very Indiana Jones of him. Um, there's an interesting moment where Dagan, the the big bad. Um, finally encounters Imperial stormtroopers. And he makes this comment where he's like, this is the army that defeated the great Jedi order. And it's like, (laughs) technically it's not. Yes. (laughs) Those are the clones. Um, All I like, I kind of have this mental image of like, all I can imagine is like the remaining Jedi meeting up, just like discussing what they did, Ahsoka's like, I put together a spy ring for the re- for the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Ezra, I freed an entire planet. I don't know other uh, thing. You know, Yoda and Kenobi. We made sure the chosen one survived. Cal, I fought. I released and fought a corrupted High Republic Jedi. <laughs> Can you imagine? I don't know. There's just a part of me that's like, I feel like I'm gonna be like, what? <laughs> like everyone, I. Everyone fighting the Empire. Calcestis. I accidentally woke a guy up from 200 <laughs> years ago, and now he's a Sith Lord, so I have to take care of it. I don't know. It's kind of funny. Um, so this is going to be serious spoilers, if you don't mind. Go for it. You defeat Dagon Gera about three-fourths of the way into mm. the game. And I'm like... I'm really confused. There's a decent amount of this game left. Who's going to be the big bad? Mm. Extreme spoilers for Jedi Survivor. There's a character that's been with you just throughout this game named Bode. Mm -hmm. Um, Jetpack works for Saw Gerrera. um, Has worked with Cal for a long time. They're besties. Um, They get back to Jedi Jedi, and then the Empire shows up, and um, Bode has betrayed them to the Empire. Ooh. And this was honestly such a gut punch of a betrayal because I was just like, what, Where's the big bad? Like, what? Wow. And I don't, I think because he's he 
there were many, many hours of this game where he assisted you. Mm-hmm. And the and so I was like, ah! and there's a whole 20 minute stint where they're on Jetta. The Empire is coming and Bode escapes with one of the keys to the planet. Cal finally gets, finally corners him and Bode tells him you weren't the only survivor and he pulls out a red lightsaber and i'm like screaming in my apartment wild i am stunned um boat eventually knocks cal off the cliff and he gets knocked out and so the game then switches for you to play a seer which is super exciting and so we're kind of in this burning jetta base um one of the things that was interesting was so as they're building the hidden path, they are rebuilding and recreating the archives of the Jedi Order as best as they can. So part of the one of the rooms in Jedi is a bunch of archives. I did find it funny because it, earlier in the game, Seer mentions this library on Jedi is a second chance for the Jedi Order. And I was like, on Jedi? Uh-huh. Jetta? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well. Unfortunate mining accident. Well, actually, lo and behold, it's not the mining accident that takes it out. It yeah. is the fire and the Empire bombing it. Oh, no. And guess who shows up? Vader? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> he has a health bar this time. Oh. So you get to fight him as Seer. Um, and she is kicking his butt. Oh, interesting. Like, she, she's kicking his butt. Um, it actually looks like... Um, She's going to win, but Vader pulls a sneaky, and when she charges to kill him and jumps, he ignites his saber and kills her. Mm-hmm. She's alive. It just stabs her kind of like uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, but uh-huh. she stays awake for a long t- longer time. It's just... <sighs> I... <laughs> so, also, here's the thing. She did a number on Vader... Vader doesn't even finish her off. He just stabs her and he limps away. He is wow. using the wall to keep himself up. Crazy. So there's a very emotional scene where Cal finally makes his way back to the base and amazing acting from Cameron during this scene when Seer dies. Just ama- like heart-wrenching. I'm crying. Uh, playing the game, I'm crying. I have uh, a social gathering in an hour <laughs> where I'm like, gosh, I don't know how to tell them. I was crying over Jedi Survivor. It's just so, uh, it's just amazing acting between them. But the interest, I'll wrap this up because it's going to be long. One of the interesting things, so uh, Survivor and Kenobi take place in the same year. So 9BBY was a very bad year for <laughs> Vader having to deal with Kenobi and getting his butt kicked by Seer. So, anyways, the game at the game has a very bittersweet ending. Uh, you do eventually end up fighting Bode. You make it to the planet. Um, you get to invade an ISB base, mm, Imperial nice. Security Bureau, and I was super excited <laughs> when we showed up there. Um, you also get to pull a nice Hitman moment where you can take an Imperial officer uniform, nice. and I was like, hmm, very Hitman. Uh, fantastic amazing 10 out of 10 i need to finish it because there's a separate side plot line that i really want to play for a yeah, cameo i think i know which one you're talking about yeah cool um i actually spoiled that one for me because i was trying to look up someone in the cast <laughs> so fun uh side note bode is played by voice actor nashir dalal 
who we have encountered before. He was the voice of Vice Admiral Rampart in Star Wars The Bad Batch. No! Yeah. Oh! So that's pretty cool. No way! Yeah. So that's, that's a Man, fun Man, everyone hates him. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> this guy's got bad luck with the character department. Everyone hates him. Um, but anyways, I loved it. I thought it, I, I would love to have a third one. Um, with how popular this one is, I presume there's almost certainly going to be a third one. It was just... So bittersweet because Bode was doing all this because, you know, he fa- he had a family. And mm-hmm. then when the Empire came, his wife was killed, but he mm-hmm. managed to save his daughter. So he mm-hmm. worked with the Empire yeah. to save his daughter. So he was hoping this planet would be a safe haven. And it's another interesting parallel of similar to Dagon. He is so hyper-focused, so obsessed with this idea of finding a safe haven that he's willing to do whatever it takes to do it. Mm. Mm. Good, mm. Like good storytelling. I like Anyways, it. Cal Kestis in my top three Jedi for sure. Very cool. Well, I don't know how to transition into tonight's topic, so I'm just going to do this. Oh my gosh. Now we're going to get copyright. Cameron. That's right. Tonight we are talking about Transformers the movie. What if we just kept the movie playing and commented on it? Dude, this opening is so trippy. I know. It's very 2001 A Space Odyssey-esque visuals. But in 86. It Yeah, yeah 20 years <laughs> after 2001 A Space Odyssey came out. After? 2001 A Space Odyssey came out in the 60s. Yeah, I thought you said... Oh, I th- <laughs> I don't know how to do math. Leave me alone. <laughs> um... I forgot that. That's, I've never seen it. So, so this was um, a continuation of the G1 TV show. Um, I presume it came out after G1 had ended, but I actually don't know that for a matter of mm, fact. Let me see if I can get some information know. on this. Transformers, the movie. Let's go to the Wikipedia page here and take a look. Let's get some information from good old Wikipedia. Um, it was released in North America, August 8th, 1986. And uh, the story is set in 2005. (laughs) (laughs) That when the narrator says at the beginning, we both lost it. 20 years after the TV series second season. So it jumps ahead. So that that was kind of a smart choice so that you can kind of not have to interfere with any storylines going on from the TV show. You can continue making the the TV show. (laughs) So let's take a look and see if there's a production uh, development. Um... Transformers television series began to broadcast in 1984 to promote the TV show. Uh, the, the, the toys. Yeah. Uh, the movie was conceived as a commercial tie-in to promote the 1986 line of toys. The TV series featured no deaths, and the writers had already deliberately assigned familiar identities to characters for young children to associate with. However, Hasbro ordered the film to kill off several existing characters to refresh the cast. We will talk about that later. That's crazy. Director Nelson Shin recalled uh, Hasbro created the story using characters that would be best merchandise for the film. Only with the consideration could I have freedom to change the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, screenwriter Rod Freeman, who had written for the TV series, advised against killing Autobot leader Optimus Prime. We'll get Spoilers. to that. Spoilers. Uh, he said in a 2013 interview to remove Optimus Prime to physically remove daddy from the family. <laughs> that wasn't going to work. <laughs> 
I told Hasbro and their lieutenants <laughs> they would have to bring him back, but they said no and had great things planned. In other words, they were going to create new, more expensive toys. According to the screenwriters, Hasbro underestimated the extent of which Prime's death would shock the young audience. <laughs> A scene in which Ultra Magnus is drawn and quartered was scripted and storyboarded, replaced with a scene of him being shot. That explains something that we will talk about later yeah. as well. That makes something make a lot more sense. Another unproduced scene would have killed basically the entire 84 product line in in charge in a charge against the Decepticons. Very interesting. All of this behind-the-scenes drama really explains this movie's very odd story structure. Explains why the ending scene is a little scarce. Yeah. That, yeah, good point. Um, Oof. Critical the film's oof. budget was $6 million, six times greater than that of the equivalent of 90 minutes of TV shows. So that means 90 minutes, so that's... Uh, I can't do math. Four Almost. and a half episodes. Yeah. Would, so four and a half episodes would normally be $1 million. This is the equivalent amount of time. That's pretty crazy. And That's a lot of money. Yeah. For <laughs> Shin's team of almost 100 personnel normally took three months to make one episode of the series. When you're not paying them very much, I guess. So the extra budget did not help the considerable time constraints for the consumer, the concurrent product of both the film and the TV series. Shin conceived the Prime's body fading to gray so the show the spirit had gone from his body. Let's see here. Well, I guess considering we have seen episodes where they've just been rebuilt, gotta okay. make it permanent. So I'd really like to figure out where this was released in relationship to the original TV show. Transformers G1. Transformers. Transformers. It ran the toy line. So this reference to the toy line at the show. Because the toy line ran from 84 to 92. Look it up on, look it up on TF Wiki. Let's see. TF Wiki. Here we go. Good call. I know a lot about TF Wiki. Um, well, this has five seasons. Okay. Hold on. Season one. Season two. Inter- um, so after season two was the show, was the movie. It was released on Friday, August 8th, 1986. Transformers season three transformed the whole premise of the show. Gone were the two teams stranded on Earth along with many of the characters that composed the team in their place. So really, G1 is really the first two seasons. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, let's get into this movie. So this movie was a transition from the original show into a new iteration of the show nonetheless um and it starts off with the reveal of the sh- movie's main villain unicron a uh larger than planet sized transformer mm-hmm. um who eats planets with the stock noise chomp oh the chomping in this there's a uh. real good chomping in this movie <laughs> um so we see he eats a planet of very of transformer as creatures sentient robots um that also have children on their planet yeah uh, he chomps them real good and um there's some very trippy visuals the animation oh, oh here's here i am not doing a single piece of editing that is the actual audio from the movie <laughs> scooby-doo scooby-doo style uh-huh noise. Uh, so then we get the opening credits, r- r- which reveal this movie's insane cast. Yeah. 
Um, you've got uh, just to start off. We'll go from smallest to biggest. Smallest um, being um, an actor named Robert Stack, um, who is a really fun comedic actor. Probably most well known for being the uh, the the pilot captain who's trying to help them land the plane and airplane he's trying to like talk them down he's the one who keeps saying there's a bad day to start stop sniffing glue bad day to stop smoking um he's great in that movie he's also in movies like 1941 and basketball he's a really fun goofy actor um i don't know he had already been in airplane by this point so he's a very notable uh comedic actor to show th- and he plays in this movie robert stack plays um shoot i've lost it let's see here robert stack i'm looking at the cast here there's so many characters in this movie it's very difficult robert stack plays ultra magnus <laughs> so he's yeah. a comedic actor and he plays could possibly the most serious character in this whole film <laughs> um then you've got um who else is in this um man it's hard to pick from here so you've got uh eric idol who is one of the original Monty Python uh, <laughs> actors, is the voice... <laughs> this character is so insane. Rekgar, who we will talk about later. He's supposed to be Australian, I think, even though Eric Idle is English. If um, I had a nickel for the amount of movies I've seen within the past week where I have struggled to understand a character's <laughs> lines, I'd have two nickels. Uh-huh. Then you've got Judd Nelson who was very famous at the time. This mm-hmm. movie came out in 1986. Judd Nelson was one of the Breakfast Club in 1985. Oh. He was Bender, the like, the, the lose not loser, but like the bad kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also in a bunch of other 80s movies like that. And he was, all, he was in all sorts of movies uh, throughout the 90s. Like, I feel like he was a villain in a really terrible superhero movie. What was it? Not super important, but he was big at the, like... So Hot Rod is clearly supposed to be the new popular character. He's a kid he's, character. He's replaced Bumble. He's dethroned Bumblebee. Yeah, and so they they got a popular younger actor from the time. He's in oh he's in Airheads, which is a fun comedy from the '90s if you've ever seen it. Mm. Um, he's in a lot of movies. He's in Saint Elmo's Fire. Um, he was in um, oh Transformers movie. Look at that. Um, no. Uh, man, he. I'm trying. I wish I could. He's in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. I don't really need to sit here and list all the things he's been in. I, th- I felt like there was one who's a big villain. Oh, Steel. That's what it was. The DC Comics character Steel. The movie uh, was Shaq. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you've got Leonard Nimoy as Galvatron. Leonard Nimoy, if you don't recognize that name, is um, Mr. Spock. Mr. Spock. <laughs> From Star Trek. <laughs> Um, a wild choice. Um, Galvatron, who we will talk about later for sure. Um, and then infamously, infamously, um, the film's main villain, Unicron. Oh, I didn't know if you were expecting me to say that. Sorry. Uh, is played by Orson Welles. (laughs) And some of our younger viewers are not. Uh, so film savvy viewers, Orson Welles' name might not mean much, but he is the filmmaker almost. He wrote and directed and starred in Citizen Kane. He was also in such fam- famous films as like Touch of Evil and The Fifth Man. This man helped create film as we know it. This man is the like Thomas Edison of movies. <laughs> and 
in his later years, he just like he really peaked very early on in his career as a very young man. And the the uh, the rest of his career was not so hot. He very famously did a lot of really terrible commercials, a lot of terrible movies later in his career. He gained a lot of weight, and this was his final film. Uh, he died five days after recording his <gasps> oh doing my one gosh. day of voice acting as Unicron. Uh, so that's that's probably the most mind blowing of all of these. Is and it's very infamous that he's in this movie. I had to make do with what they had. I get wow. Um, and so that, that's how, that's how this movie starts is Unicron eating a planet and then just the crazy credits. And, um, what happens next, Rachel? So, um, we see a couple of different moons. Cybertron has a lot of moons. Um, so quite a few different establishing shots. We see Optimus Prime and his little squad of Autobots. Um, we see another moon that has... Jazz and Cliff Jumper forgot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I knew one forgot who was with Jazz, um, and then I, we see real quick. I looked it up. Of all the deaths in this, Cliff Jumper is not one of them. I know, surprisingly, Cliff Jumper infamous for dying in many versions of Transformers, but not this one. I have a really funny fun fact about Cliff Jumper that I can tell later. Okay, in Transformers Prime, I've probably told you about it. It's just really funny compared to recent oh, events. See the film critic. No, that's someone else. No, he's voiced by Dwayne the Rock oh, Johnson, right. and they had yes. to kill him off in the first yes, episode because they that couldn't before. afford yes. his voice. Which, after watching uh, Dwayne Johnson single-handedly implode DC, well, Ezra Miller also helped. Mm. Um, but watching that mm, is kind of funny. Anyways, so we kind of see some establishing shots of different places. We see Spike, who is like in his thirties. Um, and Bumblebee Spike is also in a space suit on another planet. Yeah, he's on like a mech. Yeah, he's got like a mech, mech suit. suit. Um, a couple establishing shots, and then uh, we see uh, Optimus Prime send some Autobots to Earth because they've gotten word that Unicron is destroying planets. Well, real quick before, um, I think, I think before that. So really, the the only piece of information we really get from the movie mm-hmm. is that it's the future. It's 2005. Yes. So we can reasonably assume that things have shifted a little bit. Though mm-hmm. 20 years in the scope of these characters who have been alive for millions of years, as we learned in a recent episode that we watched, um, 20 years is not much. What do you mean <laughs> we? I knew that. Well, I didn't know that. I knew that prior. <laughs> but even our viewers, our, our listeners know. Um <laughs> So, but it doesn't give us much context for what has changed. Pretty much it's implied, two major developments, I would say, are implied. The Decepticons have, I mean, the Autobots and the Decepticons have mostly moved back to Cybertron, but they have established their own city mm-hmm. on Earth, which we'll see in a moment. Autobot city. Correct. And uh, I believe before they send uh, the Autobots to Earth, uh, the Decepticons just kind of up they're up there usually it starts off like any other episode of the show mm-hmm. the decepticons are spying on the autobots they get yep. wind of what they're trying to do and they just go and attack them yeah they attack the ship that was sent to earth oh and i see absolutely decimate a lot they of just, these fan favorite characters can, of like ironhide uh-huh. ratchet who cares about huffer we don't care about him. But like, <laughs> and it's weird because well it's not weird but the deaths are permanent uh-huh, and they're uh-huh. I don't. They're not graphic, but they're just so detailed. Yeah, just 
killing these characters off left and right. They're just like very definitive deaths. And they yes. are, they're, they, I mean, for a 80s cartoon about robots, they are very brutal. Yes. Um, Especially considering the implication compared, is that compared they, to the show that every other time mm-hmm. they got shot, they just got knocked down. And considering, yeah, the sh- the, the bullets, re- good point. The bullets rarely did much in the show. And also considering that the assumption would be children would be watching this in the movie theater. Yeah. Like this is like, it's, it's one thing to watch this on a television set, especially in the eighties where they were a lot smaller and the audio quality and the visual quality is much lower than we expect today. But in the movie theater, yeah. this would be quite underwhelming, especially for a small child. I yeah. Think. So they kill him. They hijack the ship. Uh, and then we see our newer, younger cast. We see hot rod. And then we see a young boy named Daniel, who is Spike's son. Yes. Um, so we're introduced to them. They're friends. And it, I somehow totally forgot, but I didn't, they don't ever say it, I don't think, in the movie. And it doesn't really matter if you're watching the movie, but retroactively, it's still always interesting that their last name is Witwicky. Mm-hmm. It continues to be funny to me that that is the one weird piece of continuity that they take into the Bayformers movies. Yep. But also... Relates to that with the death of Ironhide, it's a consistent running thing through this movie is pretty much the Bayformers films, each film just kind of picks and chooses what it wants to borrow from this movie. Yep. Like this movie is influential on the live action films just in very odd ways. Some of the characters share names. <laughs> yeah. But like the death of Ironhide is a major element. Like very few of the Autobots die yeah. throughout the, uh, the live action films, but Ironhide's death in the third one. I mean, yeah, Jazz. She's looking at me because Jazz dies in the first one. Yes, that Thank is you. one of the worst choices they Thank make. You. Absolutely. Thank you. But uh, one of the major events of the third one is the death of Ironhide. Trail. And there's there's a lot of other elements in this movie. There's lines of dialogue. There's character deaths. Um, there's a very, very strange tease of Unicron in the fifth movie. I don't know why. If this is like... Except Unicron is Earth. Yes, incredibly strange surprisingly not the first time that's been done ah so that's a reference to a different it is continuity i see okay so it's not it's not like out of nowhere no. it's not an in, like a totally insane choice uh but nonetheless um so now we are it cuts to earth and this is probably the only time the movie takes any breath the movie up until this point and from here on out is exhausting but we get a nice quick scene of Hot Rod and Daniel fishing. That's very cute. And retroactively, it stands out like such a sore thumb in this movie. <laughs> it's such a strange scene, just considering the pacing of this film and the overall energy. Um, we are introduced to another character, which is kind of important on Earth. Uh-huh. Uh, Mirage. And in <sighs> G1, Mirage is a character that talks at the speed of light. Like they recorded his voice lines and then sped him up. And, and so I turned to Cameron because Car- immediately I just, Cameron goes, oh my gosh, because this is what, 15 <laughs> minutes into the film, we know this character is probably going to be around because it's a new character. And I look at Cameron and I go, that's Mirage, who is the new com- companion. Yeah, he's the main. In Rise of the Beast. <laughs> from what we can tell is the main character in the new Transformers film that's about to come out tomorrow. And so... Karen had a funny <laughs> because Mirage is voiced by Pete Davidson and Karen just said they found a way to make Mirage more annoying. <laughs> this character is exhausting. 
in this movie and useless I, too yeah does not contribute much no and i can only imagine that he's even more annoying we than might pete get davidson. To hear pete we'll davidson see. on like a alvin the chipmunk kind <laughs> of style this movie also throughout run, run time is determined to keep introducing more and more annoying characters yeah like this movie is dead set on just like i oftentimes will watch animated films wondering like what would it be like to be a parent going to the theater with a child this has got to be well i enjoyed this movie like i don't think it's necessarily a good movie i mean clearly the it, purpose mm-hmm. is to kill off all the characters and create new toys that's a terrible purpose for a movie but with higher quality animation um and the general just insanity of this i respect this as a unique piece of media and there are significantly worse movies you could see as a parent but can just imagine if you're a parent in the 80s, and most of the cartoons you've seen are like The Fox and the Hounds and Snow White and the Dwarfs and the Seven Dwarfs, this thing would make you want to tear your ears off and, yeah. and rip your eyes out. Oh. It is horrifying. Let me get to my next comment. I hate the soundtrack. The fact that within the first 20 minutes, we got three pop songs. Yes, that was it's the thing just, I was going to talk it's about too. so grating. I, I'm trying to find the first example of it. Here it is, yes. So this is as the Autobots are dying. Awful. It's horrible. What is this? It's so bad. It's like, so out of place. It's like, it's almost like someone left their music on. <laughs> someone recording. in the recording studio. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. But it's just... I'm not sure... So I can't really figure out how to confirm this, but I feel like a lot of this music is original to the film. Like... They are pre-existing bands that made music for the movie, yeah. which was really popular in the 80s. Nonetheless, regardless, they are so... And not only are they bad, they're bad songs, they are so ill-fitting. Yeah, they're they so They don't out ever of match the scene. No. There's one instance where it's so on the nose, it's funny, and that will be towards the end of the film. But other than that, the music so never, bad. never, ever matches. But most of the time, it's this very upbeat hair metal or like... like 80s pop music to war <laughs> it's not even like fun action like a, like a like a uh, guardians of the galaxy or a spider-man where like there can be like kind of fun goofy action where it's like it's kind of like not so violent or intense this is all out war these people are killing each other their robots there's no blood but people are getting blasted to pieces and the music is it sounds like this Like, you should consider the the tone of this movie, like, to, to pick it right now off the top of my head, it's kind of similar to Infinity War. Like, there's a massive world-ending event looming, and characters are dying left and right. Very mm-hmm. similar to Infinity War. Imagine if Infinity War opened with, like, Black Eyed Peas music. Like, that's what this would be like. <laughs> It wouldn't match. Everyone would be walking out or laughing so that, so hard they couldn't pay attention. And they just play another one bites the dust at the end of it. <laughs> at least that would be like ironic. This is not meant to be ironic. It's yeah. just they're trying so hard to appeal to kids and they're missing the mark so badly. Mm-hmm. So the Decepticons show up to Earth. Big fight starts uh, in Autobot City and we get to... Um, one of the most infamous scenes of Optimus and Megatron duking it out. Um, I did not know this quote 
was from Transformers. Uh-huh, what's the quote? When Optimus says, you who are without mercy now beg for it. I thought that's such a cold quote. I thought that was from something else. I had no idea that originated from this movie. <laughs> that's such a sick line. It's a good line. There is a couple of good lines of dialogue in here. There is There are moments where this movie does do some really good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> A moment that is not necessarily that, but I found, like, another example of this movie being very weird tonally and just, like, not considering what it's doing. Like, this movie, I feel, is mostly meant to be a, is intended to be a fun kids movie, but, like, it, if you, if these things were humans, the things that you're seeing would be horrible. It'd be like, uh, Private, Saving Private Ryan opening beat scene, like, (laughs) There's a part where Starscream's foot gets stuck in a door and he has to shoot it off to escape. Yeah, before he gets crushed by another door. Yeah. Like, like it's one thing to like have a character narrowly escape death. It's another thing for to have them mutilate themselves to survive. Yeah. Oh, man. Also, another note before we get to the Optimus and Megatron fight. Um, there is... Uh, um, what is her name? Uh, Alita 1? Is that her name? This is RC. This is RC. Okay. In this movie. Yeah. Uh, so RC shows up and you just go, girl, girl, girl. It cracks me up. <laughs> the old. No. Uh, I think she's the only one in this movie. As far as I can tell. One of the quintessence judge has a female voice. And okay. But that, anyways. That barely girl, counts. Girl. That cracked me up. Um, you know she's a girl because she's pink and got lipstick. And taking care of the baby. <laughs> yeah. That was weird. Anyways, we get to the a total knockout Optimus and Megatron fight. And Megatron says something that I think is the only piece of dialogue Optimus uh, Meg- Michael Bay was interested in. Optimus lands and says, Megatron must be stopped at all cost. <laughs> Which is very much in line with his character from the Bayformers movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and which feels like, like imagine, like we'll never encounter in our lives 8 million of anything. Other than like maybe sand, like in seconds, like 8 million is such a astronomically large number. Um, let, let me Google search how long 8 million seconds. How long is 8 million seconds? Is... Oh, it's only three months. Okay. So you go through millions of seconds. But other than that, you don't really like like 8 million days. Like my point is 8 million years oh, okay. is how long yeah. this war has been going. Yeah. So imagine 8 million times someone does the same thing. Even, even if it's like, it's like once a week. It's like poetry. Like hundreds of thousands of times, Megatron and Optimus have fought. They have such beef. (laughs) And every time they are like, this ends now. No, it's not. But this time it does. (laughs) It's like, it feels so insane that they go into this fight thinking this fight will be any different. But it finally is. It finally, why and why is it different, Rachel? Um, So Optimus has Megatron cornered, and Megatron's like, ooh. I don't want to die. And Hot Rod <laughs> jumps in to rescue and screws it up. He gets taken hostage and Optimus doesn't want to shoot Megatron. So, And ultimately it leads to Me- to Optimus being gravely injured. Um, and Megatron too. Um, so ultimately, Optimus dies. Also, not only does Hot Rod constantly mess up, he's got the worst colors of 
most Transformers. Yeah, it's pretty He's rough. like bright orange and like a pale maroon. It's just an and he's got flames painted on him. It's just because he's, he's a young man. And I had forgotten. Quick aside, I hate that. I hate this. The so much. version of him in the Bayformers film is like I don't know what's worse: the fact that his if it's his design or the fact that he's French. He's nothing like this character. No, there's no relationship <laughs> whatsoever. I I would not be surprised if they had no idea that there was a character named Hot Rod and they just used that name. Because, like, I don't like this character. They just looked up names on TF Wiki. <laughs> Probably. I don't like this character, but no. if you liked this character, the version in the live-action movie would be a total travesty. Yeah. Like, this is, it's, like, no, totally unrelated. Not the same. Anyways, continue. Um, so he dies. Optimus dies. He passes on the Matrix of Leadership to Magnus. Which is pretty much just his heart, effectively. It comes straight up his chest. No, it's different. It's something that It's not his out. heart. Okay. No. It's... I mean, okay. It, what would you compare? Like, what is it doing? Like, what is the? It's point like a of, token of leadership. It's got I some. See. It's got like some. I would say. So it's not actually doing anything. It's just in him. It makes. I. I don't really know how impactful it is in the G one continuity. It's got a lot more powers in other continuities. Okay. Think of it like a buff card. I don't know what that a means. Perk, <laughs> a perk that you put on your video I game see. player. Okay. Um. So he's like, well, we're gonna. He was gonna pass it off to Ultra Magnus. Um, no one thought to grab it before he drops it because he dies. Um, <laughs> and Hot Rod catches it and there's like this moment where it's like, uh, it's, there's this weird interaction he has with it. When he catches it, a little flash of light and he passes it off. No one really seems to notice that Optimus dies, goes grayscale. And then there is a shot. Of- so I totally thought that this movie was about to pull a Kung Fu Panda where... <laughs> Ultra Magnus is supposed to My get. My time has come. <laughs> no, I, t- I totally thought that Ultra Magnus was supposed to be the leader. And in that moment, Hot Rod was going to screw things up again and accidentally touch the the leadership thing and become the leader right that moment. And then oh, yeah. the, like the movie makes this huge deal out of the, how he touches it. And it's like lighting up. And then he just like casually hands it to Ultra Magnus, who then like fumbles to put it in his chest he's like readjusted it's one of the most awkward pieces of animation in the whole movie um and so we get a shot that made us laugh really hard oh fyi this movie is free on youtube if you just google search it so the scene where it the scene switches to daniel (laughs) who's crying so here's the order of things uh, optimus (laughs) prime gives this kind of tearful speech about uh, Ultra Magnus will take over, and the uh, the matrix of leadership will shine, or something will glow, will and light the, the way. will rise from the ranks, and uh, the light will shine the way. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. The pro- some random prophecy he's uh-huh. never talked about before, <laughs> just like in Lego Movie, <laughs> who just makes <laughs> it up on the spot. Uh, and then Optimus just totally drains of color. He just goes from being blue, red, and white to totally black and white, grayscale. And then it just cuts to Daniel, this like 10-year-old boy's face just weeping. <laughs> it is too good. Daniel wept. It's so funny. Very good. Very nice. Um, Yeah, it's just... And so... Oh, also, sorry. Previous to this, um, Starscream... Who, if, if you haven't caught on yet in our previous episodes, 
Starscream is the second command to Megatron for the Decepticons. And he's constantly trying to betray. He's vocally, he will, every episode says to Megatron, I'm going to kill you and take your spot. And And keep him around for kicks. And Megatron pretty much keeps him around just to prove him wrong. And constantly berates him because he'll like, Megatron will like, there'll be like a, a brief hint that Megatron might be gone. And Starscream will declare himself the leader of the Decepticons and then totally royally screw everything up. And... That doesn't so, change. It doesn't matter what continuity. After the total knockout fight with Optimus, Megatron is like on the verge of death and Starscream in his most glorious possible moment finds Megatron. Like this is his, this is thing he's been living for for millions of years. And he just, he goes, he kicks Megatron. He goes, eh, I got to find this, this noise. Cause it is too good. It is so f- here. I think this is it. Oh, yep. This is it. <laughs> He kicks him in the stomach. It's, ah, it, if it if I rated the movie based off of moments like this, this movie's a ten out of ten. There's enough moments like this where I died cackling that make the movie a ten out of ten. Like pure entertainment enjoyment level, this is almost sustains this movie's hour and a half runtime. It's too good. Oh my god! Like the movie is so self-serious. The other thing is the other Decepticons are off-screen. <laughs> they just watch this. They're like. Mm. I also have written down. There's a close-up of Megatron's face somewhere in here, and he is so crusty. <laughs> this man, in order to like detail like how beat up he is, they just put a lot of lines on his face, but it just makes him look crusty. Also, there's a lot of weird shots like this where like the edge is dark. Yeah. It's a weird animation mistake. <laughs> so good. And of course, shout out to one of my favorite Transformers choices, a train. And his name is, what is his name again? Astro Train. Astro he's, train. he's a triple changer. He's a train and a ship. Ah. A rocket ship. He's hilarious. Train. I love him. Um, so Optimus dies. He passes the Matrix leadership off to uh, Ultra Magnus, who I like to refer to as Shoulders. Because Dude's he got, got big shoulders. shoulders. So they're like every iteration. They're not wide. Like normally when people talk about people's shoulders, they're talking about how broad their chest is. No, his shoulders are like rooks in a yep. chess set. <laughs> every iteration too. Just about every continuity. So then we get at least the next thing I have in my notes is the Decepticons flying through space on their space train. And so they have to make so Astrotrain can't take all of them home because they're too heavy. So they got to figure out what they're going to do. So they go all Lord of the Flies and they kick some of them out, including Megatron. Well, don't forget, don't forget the funny bit where they go for the yays and the nays. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, Starscream's like, I should be leader. And then um, the Constructicons go, no. We should be oh, leader yeah. and transform into Devastator inside. They they are inside a ship, which is n- not that big. Like like comparable to Transformers, it is a large interior of the ship, but not large enough for five Transformers to combine and become five times their own height inside it. Yeah. So so you have two different factions. Lots of space and time. Are in you have two different factions inside the ship of Decepticons. You have the the. Combiners who tried to take out the rest of the Megatron of the Autobots who are siding with Starscream. And two of them are the ones who punch the ground. Uh, okay, so though that... The, mm, correction. Sorry. So Thank the you. two that punch the ground are 
um, Soundwave's cassettes. Okay. They're the yeah. little guys. Rumble and, uh, oh gosh, Rumble is blue. Oh, this is such a <laughs> argument in the fandom. Rumble is red and Frenzy is blue kind of thing, but okay. Rumble's actually blue and Frenzy is red. That's their names. Huh. Anyways, so they're, the, yeah. Well, nonetheless, you pretty much have two people fighting, two groups fighting, and one's plan is to become too large that they can't fit in the space, and the other one's plan is to punch the ground really yeah. hard of the ship they're flying in <laughs> that's keeping them alive. It's an incredible moment. There is some intentional comedy in this show, this movie, and I think this is one piece of it that I thought was very funny. Or it's an unintentional, nonetheless, it's great. Also, they're all fist fighting, which is also very funny, given that they're robots with space lasers. Oh, and then the moment that they actually throw Megatron out, which is a visual joke, so I can't really fully convey how funny this is, but at least I can get a reaction from Rachel. So just just watch here in just a second as the ship... So Megatron's now floating through space. Mm -hmm. Here he comes. (laughs) He's a single image that just goes from the top of the screen to the bottom screen. No animation involved. It looks legitimately like something someone would... Like uh, an object moving in in powerpoint that's what it looks like like you have to understand this thing is trying to be like infinity war it's trying to be like the big culmination of all of uh all the stuff all the transformer stuff but it keeps doing stupid crap like this Mm -hmm. anyways we'll continue on where are we at here uh so megatron uh is and the other kind of dead or dying decepticons are just kind of floating through space and they are found by Unicron, mm-hmm. who takes them as pawns. And they're like, and Megatron's like, I'm not going to work for you. I don't work for anyone. And Unicron's like, that's too bad. And he transforms them into new identities as his pawns. And so Megatron becomes Galvatron. Yes. And I got to say, this is a very intense moment, actually. Because what it is, is this, imagine this giant planet, like, looking robot like he's he's a transformer but at this point he's just a big orb he looks like a planet with like two horns that go forward a big hole in the middle of them and whenever he speaks it's like this big beam that comes out it's this very booming voice now clearly i mean there's literally a man who's about to die the voice orson wells is five days from death he's very overweight his career has not gone as it should have at one point he was the greatest filmmaker on the planet and he never quite got that recognition or, or or success at equivalent to the skills both he had and he thought he had um his life has not gone as he planned this man is doing this for money he does not care he's doing one day's work on a children's cartoon nonetheless orson well was so talented it's still i think a really good performance because it's understated mm-hmm. i mean look at listen to starscream's voice most voice actors you bring in to play the villains something like this are going to go really over the top and goofy which is always fun honestly for him it works they ham it up oh yeah it's, i like the contrast but i think that the contrast of how silly and ridiculous characters like megatron and starscream are and you compare it to this actual threat of unicron and it's this very understated very simple very booming voice mm-hmm. it's terrifying and he, every time he talks, it's just this big beam of light on Megatron. And Megatron is, like, he's the main villain of the show up to this point, And he is totally powerless compared mm-hmm. to Unicron. He's totally overwhelmed. And he's still, I think it's a, one of the most incredible moments of Megatron's personality. He's so evil. And he's so power hungry. Like, 
we made, we joked a few weeks back. His introduction in the uh, the episode that was eight million years in the past. He was just as slimy and evil, if not more slimy and evil when he was introduced. He's such a ridiculous, silly character. But to see him in the face of death and total defeat, and what is pretty much evil God. No, this is pretty much their Satan. Unicron, this is their devil. Unicron <laughs> talks like God talks in the Bible, pretty much. Like wildly different, but well, I mean, his purposes are different. But like the the, the I think they took a lot of yeah. biblical inspiration yeah. for the, his dialogue. He's terrifying and totally overwhelming, and still Megatron will like refuse. Like he's like, no one summons me, and Unicron's like, I guess it's the first time. Like Unicron's like Unicron has zero. Uh, he's not intimidated by Megatron at all, but Megatron, Megatron, till the end, until he literally has no option, is 100% thinks he's the most powerful being in the universe. Mm-hmm. And then is pretty much forced, pretty much mind-controlled by Unicron to become a new character. Yeah. Which is, what is, he, what is he now? Galvatron. Purple. Which, if you've seen the live-action movies, does happen in a significantly more underwhelming way yeah. in the fourth film. And Galvatron has made multiple appearances in other continuities. Mm-hmm. So he has been reborn it's kind of like evil christianity (laughs) he's been taken by this god and remade into a new being for for the purposes of this god but for evil nefarious purposes oh man uh but it's kind of incredible and he also takes all the other decepticons that got dumped out and makes them into his his new uh pawns minions yeah um and so they uh go back to cybertron and they find a very funny thing happening. What, is, what do they find, Rachel? Starscream's coronation as leader of the Autobots, complete with cape and crown. <laughs> and a lot of people during uh, the coronation of the recent king in England made a lot of uh, Starscream coronation jokes, which is, in retrospect, now very funny. Yeah. Very, I love it. Um, and there's a good joke in here where... <laughs> Starscream is waiting to have the crown put on his head and all the Decepticons playing the trumpets won't stop. There's trumpets! (laughs) Yeah, how trumpets work with creatures that don't breathe air doesn't make much sense, but it's a good joke. The fact that they keep playing and won't stop and he has to shoot a laser and destroy the the trumpets is is really good. Um, My next note is uh, after this scene. Do you have anything else from this scene? Gavatron shows up. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, interrupts. Starscream's like, who are you? And Galvatron makes a comment. Does this sound familiar? Transforms into a gun and just kills Starscream. So good. Uh, and it's like, cold wow. blooded And so, you know. So now, in case you forgot from earlier, we mentioned it. Galvatron is now voiced by Leonard Nimoy. Yes. Spock, which is a really interesting choice because at this time, at this point, Star Trek is huge. The movies, mm-hmm. like the TV show was big for a TV show and but the movies have now come out so like most people know star trek at this point mm-hmm. and the cast leonard nimoy as a villain i think is a pretty bold choice yeah so galvatron's like do any of you guys want to still follow that guy to the other decepticons there and they're like <laughs> well no why um and they immediately side with galvatron and you know valid um so then we get to the next scenes of i think we go back to unicron and he's wreaking more havoc across the universe and he starts taking out some more moons where we see familiar characters um that we saw established a little bit earlier in the film um that's astrotrain by the way normal sized oh 
Cameron is flipping through. Well, that's one film. of the most. Oh, real quick. Seeing now that I'm seeing the uh, horn, the horns reminded me of an element of this movie as well. Uh, so the horns. So most of this movie, the animation. It, it's kind of hard to, to fully differentiate here. The animation is mostly consistent, like as opposed to your very silly cartoons that have squash and stretch and uh-huh. movement, like characters change shape and size to match the humor. An example, there's two examples <laughs> where this movie goes very cartoony. One, uh, Devastator, the, the one of the one of the combiners hits one of the Dinobots in the head and his eyes move off of his oh, head. Oh, yeah, very... Not an animation like, accident. This is clearly meant to be funny. Another example of this is the horns go big go big and small yeah. when they're playing it, yeah. which is very silly. Um, anyways, um, so what was I about to say? We were, we're talking about... Yeah, so Galvatron reinstates himself as leader of the Decepticons. And now... Uh, Unicron is attacking some of the moons. Some of the moons of Cybertron, which we see Cliffjumper and Jazz on, mm-hmm. and so they try and so to. Ass- my next note is a thing that happens here in just a moment, I believe. No, okay, so they send a, a, a distress signal to Earth, and we see the the Autobots trying to rebuild uh, Autobot City. Uh, Cliffjumper and Jazz are attempting to escape. So as we saw earlier, pretty much how. Unicron eats a planet is he just he has his big mouth and he just absorbs everything He's like a black hole exactly and so their ship takes off and then just dead stops in the middle of the air and just hangs there I thought this was also very funny I did not but- so in this moment the <laughs> um, ship just disappears into yeah. uh, into Unicron and why do you not think that's very funny? <laughs> uh, here's my comment on the scene. Uh, zero out of ten. Jazz is my favorite. So I'm like, can't believe mm-hmm. they killed him off. We didn't see it on screen. And in this moment, we get a swear. Because the, the scene switches to um, Spike and Bumblebee, mm-hmm. and who are the next targets. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, I don't think the joke really lends if we have to censor it. But they say a bad word. If we were like, whoa! It's and, just not something we were expecting after yeah, watching it, it, uh, the amount of episodes we watched from the first. Related to this, the, the upload of this movie that we're watching on YouTube, the description says, Please note, due to a use of profanity in this movie, I have made it unsuitable for children. <laughs> I am not taking any comments regarding this issue and will be deleted. So it probably can't be accessed on YouTube Kids. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so anyways, I think that's a very funny thing for someone to go out of their way and put as the main description for yeah. this thing. Um, so the Decepticons are now fully aware that Unicron is uh, is coming mean, for Cybertron. You mean the Autobots? Yes. Um, so a very similar scene of Spike and Bumblebee attempting to escape. Um, they get a little farther. But they still get sucked they in. They still get sucked in. Um, my comment, swearing in my Transformers movie. Um, um, my thought was like, I, I so I've never seen this. So I was like, there's no way they're going to kill off Bumblebee, which is their moneymaker. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That's and his... not not the main human. Like, yeah. they're not going to kill the main I human. I will say, though, Spike had a comment at the beginning of the movie that was like very much fi- uh, famous last words. Where he's like, ah, oh, tell my son I'll see him soon. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Famous yeah, last true, words. True. I did kind of predict that maybe he would die because of that. So here is... It's very visual. If you're watching it on YouTube, it's at 37 minutes and 59 seconds. One of Galvatron's spaceships ahead pops out of the top of the ship. Cyclonus. It's, like, it's, the spaceship has a head coming out of the top, and it still has a one of the engines on top of it. And it's just, it's like a Happy Meal toy. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so good. It's goofy. It's the only time we see it in the entire movie, as far as I know. This is also around the time, What? how how long are we into this? We are 40 minutes in. 40 minutes in. So okay. this is the beginning of the second act in typical three-act structure. Though yeah. I don't think this film follows a three-act structure. No, whatsoever. so a long <laughs> scene of the Autobots... Um and Daniel, Spike's son, mm-hmm. uh, also the Dinobots because they're there, um, working to escape Earth mm-hmm. and Autobot City. Um, do you have any other notes from this scene? Because my next note is in the next scene. I, I don't have notes until. So they they're all. I don't on... have a lot of notes for a while. They uh are all on the ship. The, the surviving Autobots, at least that the ones that we're going to follow for the rest of the movie, are on a ship flying through space. And there's an older character, an older Transformer named Cup. Mm-hmm. Silly, very silly name. Of all the silly names, Cup feels just so simple. And he's like, he's supposed to be older and he tells a lot of stories. And he's uh, telling stories to the Dinobots. And the, the running joke with the Dinobots is they're very simple. They're like caveman-esque. And in an incredibly strange reference, one of, one of them says, uh, Grimlock, who talks in third person, says, Tell Grimlock about rabbits again. The Petro Rabbit. Petro Rabbits, which is a reference to literary classic of Mice, Mice and, and Men. Men. I did not expecting like I know that they that like, children's films will slip in weird references to like appease adults, but that's a weird one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, continuing on. Um, the my next note is as. The Autobots are warring, I believe, on Cybertron. They're fighting the Decepticons. Or at least they're on a moon. This is when they're on their ships. Okay. They're fighting the Decepticons again. Gavitron and again. the uh They're in two different ships. One of the Autobot ships crashes, and someone points out to Ultra Magnus, who's now the new leader. And <laughs> they they reference they they phrase it as the, the other guys just bought it. And Ultra Magnus goes, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Mm, great leadership, Ultra Magnus. Mm, Thanks. Does not perform well under pressure. And so then we follow. So the, pretty much the rest of the team is scattered on this planet. So one ship is Hot Rod, Cup, and the Dinobots. Okay. The other ship is Magnus and the rest of the Autobots. And uh, They land on two very different planets. We get an underwater battle. Any notes about this? No. This is where we get to get a lot of creatures is this portion of the movie. Mm-hmm. They're on a planet. They fight a lot of like, they are clearly, they're robots, but they look like various animals like fish and squid and like little monsters. The design is very different. Some are very creative. Others are just downright horrifying to look at. And the environments are very busy, which reminds me of something I meant to say earlier. It's been a running joke between the two of us that this show is chaotic, very mm-hmm. chaotic. A lot of stuff is happening at once, but typically, what I realized watching this movie is typically in the show, because of the animation limitations, while there's a lot happening simultaneously, mm-hmm. on screen, there's normally only like one thing happening. Like you have an environment and there's like two characters moving, or yeah. there's a lot of happening, but it's in the distance. So while it's very hectic, you only have to absorb one piece of information at a time. Because of this higher budget, 
There are, at any given time, lots of things so happening. Much. This is a very busy movie, not just with, like, the actual factual events, but, like, all the things you're seeing on screen. Yeah. And it is, you have to absorb a lot more information with this movie. So. So, they, uh, the Autobots are trying to reunite at this point, pretty mm-hmm. much. They're, they're stuck on this planet. They land on two different planets. Oh, multiple planets. Each ship lands on a different planet. Oh, so he, this guy's kind of funny. I uh, forgot. Daniel is still with them. Sorry about that. And <laughs> it, in keeping with the Bay Forest films, where for some reason, their giant hard metal bodies are able to safely like catch it's, human bodies it's the logic from kong school island <laughs> where um brie larson's character was in kong's fist while also down the gullet of a skull crawler and still was fine it's the same oh, logic uh, rc is like laying on top of this small boy and him, um, he should be crushed <laughs> he's fine and uh he he now gets his own mech suit this is dad's and uh, he's, he learns how to use it. And 10 seconds before this revelation, I went, sure is nice of them to have so much oxygen for this little boy. Well, to be fair, it is a little I bit strange not. that the ship would be designed for humans, <laughs> but like they have humans around them, but he is wearing it. Once they leave the ship, he's wearing the yeah, suit. Yeah, for sure. So now they get attacked by these monster, not monster men, uh, trash men, who sound like they're also, well, there's one they who talks. They're also transformers. Yes. They live in a trash world. Is why I call them Trashmen. And they have... And the main one is voiced by Eric Idle. And he's doing this very odd Australian accent. I understood about five words this man said. I didn't understand a single thing. This guy is so difficult to understand. And what we learn later is they got TV reception from Earth. <laughs> and so they just <laughs> talk in like they TV learned how sound to talk from TV. Yeah. So is this where the inspiration for... Bumblebee came from for oh the live my. action movies. Oh my! No, in gosh. the in the live action movies, Bumblebee literally speaks like through the radio. What they're doing oh here is oh my it's, gosh! <laughs> it's one voice. It's Derek Idle's voice, but he's like quoting things you'd hear on TV, like yeah. things you'd hear on infomercials and commercials. Yeah. And like he like says like correct got, answer blank. It got old, horrible, really wretched. Fast. This is like I said. This movie constantly trying to make new annoying characters. And also, for some reason, he has a Fu Manchu mustache and beard. And none of it makes any sense. Um, so we go back to Cup and Rodimus, who have actually been uh, separated from the Dinobots. And they encounter a group of um, creature-looking robots, which are called the Sharktacons. <laughs> Wait, these are the Sharktacons? Yeah. Oh, okay. That and makes it's not sense. transformed. Cause we, yeah, okay. We, in, oh, that makes sense. They're in at bipedal them. mode. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they try to appease them. Bawaneep. Ah, I can't even say it. <laughs> they say this this seemingly nonsense phrase um, to try to appease them, and it works at first. But when they don't have enough snacks for them, they get pissed and and capture them, and they're followed by another transformer, who then we'll meet later. Go for it. <laughs> Oh, do I have to? You don't have to. Bob, You're the one who tried it. Now weep, Nini Bog. Excellent. Yeah. Great work. It's supposedly some universal greeting. So, um, 
Hot Rod and Cup are taken to the the leader of this planet, who's like a judge with like five faces. That is a quintessent judge. I don't know if this is correct in the specific continuity, but there are some continuities where the quintessens mm-hmm. created mm-hmm. the Transformers as as their servants. Um, but it, that's not the case here. And he's just there. In this is one of my more favorite things in the movie. I think this is a really creative choice. This like big head that rotates has like five different faces Mm -hmm. and does it ever explain what he does is he declares them innocent and they drop them they're extremely corrupt that's the thing they're just extremely extremely corrupt because i didn't know if maybe the i what i anticipated was that hot rod or cup were going to figure out that oh on this planet innocent and guilty are opposite so we should try to make ourselves sound guilty and they'll let us go or something they're just awful there's it never really pays off the fact that they say innocent they're just awful but nonetheless this is a they're a very fun sci-fi subvillain well the one thing that actually pulls it so it's called a quintesson mm-hmm. with an like quintesson the villain of the last night is quintessa yes mm-hmm. so that is i think that is what the last night was kind of going towards because when she talks to Optimus before she turns him bad, she mentions she's like your creators, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the it's it's been so long since I've seen the movies. You know, pretty much implied that it was the quintessens at least that um, killed the dinosaurs. You know, and mm-hmm. turned Earth to glass, uh, Night of a Thousand Tears style. <laughs> but so yes, that we see the Dinobots again, and we are introduced a new character named Wheelie. And he shows up, he has a high-pitched voice, and he rhymes every Awful. line. And Awful. Cameron goes, oh no, they made Mirage worse. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to decide, I think he's worse here. I think he's slightly better in the Bayformers movies. He is a Whoa. little, look, we're comparing ah. garbage and garbage here. Like, in the live-action movie, he is a little RC car who was a Decepticon and becomes an Autobot. And the whole gig is that he is attracted, not gig, the whole bit is that he's attracted to Megan Fox. And he's awful. I hate him. He's horrible. But this is hard to listen to. Because at the very minimum, RC is voiced by Tom Kinney, who's at least a talented voice actor. so wild to me. Whereas RC... Let's see if maybe he's a famous voice. Do you I mean think. Wheelie? Yeah, sorry, Wheelie. Yeah, yeah, Wheelie the RC. Because well, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's an RC wheel. track. Yeah. yeah, no, it's Frank no. Welker, who's also a good voice actor. Okay, I don't want to bag on Frank Welker. He's awesome, but it's the way they've they tuned up his Frank voice. Frank role after Megatron. Uh-huh. Well, he's also the voice of Soundwave, Rumble, yeah. Frenzy, Ravid, Auto Combatant, and Junkion. <laughs> Is that all the other guys? All the yeah. other guys are the Junkions. Yeah. Ah, oh, there's so many proper nouns in this movie that oh. aren't ever said. Yeah, um, and so our uh, Wheelie sucks. Uh, that's I don't think that's all there is to say about that. Um, so Hot Rod and Cup are arrested by the Quintessens, and so we see with them being extremely corrupt, feeding their prisoners to the Sharkticons. They're in a bad. They're in a bad way around. So we go back to um, the other Autobots on this junk planet um, with the junkions. I don't know. And the Decepticons show up and yep. attack them. And all the Autobots just transform and book it. And they just and they totally leave Daniel. leave Daniel behind to fend for himself. He's pretty much like, 
guys, wait up. And he's like, hey, you can transform in that mech suit. And he's like, what? And they just are gone. Refuses it's- to elaborate. <laughs> this would be a good, like, you know, that, uh, there's that, that running joke about auto, uh, uh, Phantom Menace, where if, if Anakin didn't duck and Darth Vader <laughs> just run him over, <laughs> end of the end of the series. <laughs> that could very easily could have happened here. They, the Decepticons are legitimately about to murder this man, this little boy, and he just figures it out. <laughs> he turns into a little car and runs him over. Yeah. Um. So the other Autobots get separated from Ultra Magnus, and he's trying to open up the Matrix of Leadership, and it's not opening. <laughs> now, while your joke is factually incorrect, I think it's still very funny. <laughs> Later on, a different character figures out how to open it, and you said Ultra Magnus couldn't open it because he couldn't get his fingers in it, which was I thought so, very so funny. So the, the handle, it's like, so you know, like, uh, the only thing I can compare it to is like brass knuckles, where it's like, you put something uh-huh. over your knuckles, you gotta put your fingers through it. That's the same vibe. So this is the moment. So while trying to open the Matrix of Leadership, Ultra Magnus just gets devastated. And he gets like, he literally explodes. And we thought for sure that he was dead. Very similar to all the other very brutal deaths in this movie. We thought he was totally dead. Yeah. Later on, they put him back together very neatly, like a toy. Mm Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot more sense given the information we read earlier was that he was originally drawn and quartered. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which makes more sense that he would be in pieces. But it's also way more brutal. It's so, so funny. Uh, it's, so, not, it's not funny, but it's... Uh, new Megatron, a.k.a. I keep forgetting his name. Galvatron. Galvatron now has the, the Matrix of Leadership. Takes it. Yeah. And he has it on a chain around his neck. Oh, yeah. He turns it into some bling. <laughs> uh, so now Hot Rod and Cup get dropped in with the sharks. So they, they get to... Okay, I want to pause because Hot Rod actually has a really funny quote because he's mouthing off when uh-huh. they're at their trial. And the... I don't know. Not the judge. The bailiff or whatever is like... Tells him to be quiet or he's going to be held in contempt of the court. Uh-huh. And Hot Rod just goes, I hold nothing but contempt for this court. <laughs> it's just really... It's Very just, it's just like it. such a zinger. And so they get dropped into the tank, and and their their decision how they, what they decide to do is transform into their car modes and drive around the inside of the pool and create a whirlpool. Let's try spinning. And they just drive out. But why did um, none of the other transformers think of it? Well, the other ones that were prisoners, they weren't oh, Cybertronians. Okay. I don't think they could transform. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so they fight their way out. Um, and a pretty great fight, actually. They yeah. they really they really mess up these uh, Sharktacons. Sharktacons. The Dinobots show up. Pretty much, the Dinobots just show up, and really. Grimlock's like, "Fight for me!" And they're like, "Cool." <laughs> he pretty much unites all the slaves. That's <laughs> what he does. They, I love Grimlock, do, by the they way. They do free them from the Quintessen Overlord. So. And then um, there's a shot after this, but you had a very funny comment. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, oh so my, the uh, comments are funny. Uh, the uh, the rest of Autobots show up in a uh, oh, so they take a ship from the from that planet uh-huh. um, to head to go find the other Autobots and it's like a corkscrew uh, ship. Yeah. And then I don't know why we didn't see this before, but it cuts back to the leader of the uh, Junkions. What did you say when you saw this man? <laughs> it was a little later in the film. It took me to realize. Yeah, so it. this is at one o two twelve. We can see him very clearly. <laughs> just for so there's actually three of us it was me cameron and um and my wife, wife. and uh, that's fast 
<laughs> I didn't want you to. And so I'm looking at Rick Carr. Maybe it was this. And I go, just, I, he's got titties. <laughs> he's got like cannons on his yes, chest. Yes, they put two, two. pointy gun cannons <laughs> directly on like his pecs. It's so good. It's just so odd. It's such a design choice. And it was just, I, it was like an intrusive thought. I don't know. I was like, what did they do to him? And this is a very fun sequence. So the fact that the, their leader has an Australian accent kind of gives away. They're supposed to be like Mad Max characters, which mm-hmm. was very popular at this time. And that's kind of a fun thing to take inspiration from. Like it's very like Mad Max is very vehicle based. This is a vehicle-based cartoon. It makes a lot of sense that you would pull some uh, Mad Max inspiration. So I think that's a lot of fun that they decided to do that. It doesn't look good. It's like the whole planet is a junk planet, and it's very mm-hmm. difficult to look at. This is the main reason why people don't want at least a Bayformer-style movie set on Cybertron. Because to try to watch Bayformer's gray and silver oh Transformers against yeah. a gray and silver background would look like this. Yeah. And it would look awful. Um, um so the corkscrew spaceship shows up hot and rod and cup come out this is a insane design for a spaceship yeah. it makes no sense but i like it nonetheless it's creative and so hot rod is like i'm gonna greet them with uh-huh. the universal greeting even though it didn't work last time and it works and uh-huh. for some reason this hypes up so the australian bot Rekgar, that's his name Rekgar, gets hyped they, he says it back to him. He turns back to the junkions. He says it to them. They all get hyped. And they all dance and to start Weird dancing. Al's Dare to be Stupid. Bizarre. One Like in a movie full of bizarre, odd choices, this one really stands all I, out. All my, my note was insane. That's just uh-huh. my comment. Insane. And I also said, this is how I expect Australia to be. So now uh, we get to Galvatron. Uh, you missed a part. What? They just build back yeah, Ultra okay, Magnus because now they're all friends yeah. again. This is but the yeah. part where they put Ultra Magnus back together. And he's totally fine. Yeah, he's fine. It's like nothing ever happened. He's like, you guys are alive. And it's that's where I was like. <laughs> Diddy Cannon. <laughs> he's got Diddy. It's so weird. Um, so Ultra Magnus gives the, uh, the, not the key of leadership. He does not the have matrix. the matrix of leadership because Galvatron took it. Also, during the entire movie, they just keep calling it The Matrix, yeah. which is very confusing and uh, distracting yeah. in retrospect now that we have the movie The mm-hmm. Matrix. But Yeah. Um, so now Galvatron, not Galvatron, sorry, Unicron transforms into A his big like, boy. full big boy mode, which is something I did not expect. Oh. I did not know he transformed it. And it is... Like, transforming sequences are really inconsistent in this series. Yeah. Sometimes it happens in a matter of two frames. Sometimes it's really elaborate. This is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It is so freaking cool. It's great. It's like, like you would think a transformation sequence in a show called The Transformers would not be surprising and interesting at this point. But it really is a great moment. And he uh, attacks Cybertron and is just... He just palms it. In a moment of... Pure insanity. It's just like the camera is just flying around him yeah. as these as the Autobots try to attack him. And it is madness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of all inspiring, honestly. And so there there are two ships which are important because the junkions are like, Oh, you guys want to leave? We actually have a ship. Mm-hmm. And they leave. Like like yeah, it's weird. And then Unicron eats Galvatron. He's mouthing <laughs> off. 
And uh, we and now enter the magic school bus segment of the movie <gasps> where we go inside someone's body. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a weird seg- segment. Of, um, so they... The uh, the corkscrew spaceship flies directly through Unicron's eye, which I love. <laughs> I think it's great. It's a great moment. Um, let's see what my next note here. You is. have so many more notes than I do. <laughs> Holy I, crap! I I just didn't trust myself to remember things. Um, oh, oh okay. So in a, okay, what, another element that I liked about this movie because the entire movie Cup is like, oh, this reminds me of this planet. Or this reminds me of the time I fought these. Or this reminds me of the time I saw that. And at one point, even Hot Rod's like, everything reminds you of everything. And when they show up and they see Unicron transformed, mm-hmm. Hot Rod's like, Cup, does this remind you of anything? And Cup says, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. That, I love that. That is a great payoff. payoff. <laughs> uh, that was actually a very excellent piece of writing. I thought that was, because especially after me being fully blown away by this transformation, to have a character say that, mm-hmm. perfect. I loved it. So... Now our main cast is inside Unicron, um, fighting his antibodies, which is kind of weird. <laughs> Very magic school bus. They're and all then... running from. Oh, um, during this sequence, also Hot Rod and and uh, Galvatron are Galvatron it have out. A, an excellent fight. And then to continue on from what I said earlier about Megatron or slash Galvatron, he really, really wants to kill Unicron, <laughs> and he just can't. Like. Uh, Unicron has full control of his brain mm-hmm. and forces him to follow his will. So that this is actually a really good fight. I like mm-hmm. this fight a lot. Um, well, a lot of the action, anytime you get just two characters fighting in this sh- in this car- movie, it's pretty good. Um, so we get the Dinobots attacking the exterior of Unicron. Um, we- <laughs> Again! The Autobots are running, they're and they're parents. leaving Daniel behind, and he just eats it <laughs> in a really wide shot, and the camera just keeps, and he's like reaching towards the camera. He's like, help me. He is the saddest boy in all of 80s cartoons, I think. Uh, now he's surrounded by these claw things that are attacking them. Um, if you if you, Just watch it. Watch the movie along with us yes, as uh, you watch. This is very reminiscent this. of... The transition from the second to the third act in Endgame, when like all of the uh, what are the currently living Avengers are being attacked by uh, Thanos. Hmm. So we now oh. cut to a very Toy an, Story three esque moment. An assembly line of all of the um, eaten characters being dropped into basically a pit of acid to be it's consumed, and terrifying. it is a horribly graphic scene of two unnamed characters being smelted alive. Uh-huh. One of which is Spike. Well, he's but he's not being smelted. They are on the assembly line. Yeah, so yeah sorry. They're about to be some, dropped in. We see Spike, Bumblebee, <laughs> Jazz, and Cuffjumper. And it cuts to a close-up of and, Spike. Because Daniel manages to find the room. Yes. Spike is, is the original human character from... I don't remember if we explained this. He was the original human character from the cartoon. He's now grown up. And we haven't seen him the entire film. This is the first time we see him. And he's just yelling at No, we at have Daniel. seen him before. We, we saw him at the beginning. Yeah. We haven't seen him since. Oh, yeah. Since the beginning. Since he, got, since so, he yeah, disappeared. So it, it was implied that they were probably dead, but now they're yeah. not. And I, you just have to hear him yelling at Daniel. It was too much. Suit. 
This man is stressed and sweaty. (laughs) When you're trying to hold the flashlight for your dad to fix the tire. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. Uh, So he closes the the hatch and saves. Saves the named characters we care about. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. The ones, the the characters that the writers convinced Hasbro to let them not kill. (laughs) the entire populations of previous planets. (laughs) Um, And so in this moment... Uh, we cut back to Galvatron and... Oh, and also another incredible piece of transformation. So Galvatron still turns into a gun mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Megatron, Megatron did, but he turns into like a like a turret. Yeah. So he can at least fire on him by himself. Wait, where was it? I'm trying to find this transformation. Where is it? Uh, here it is. And when he transforms back, this is at 1 minute, 15 seconds, 17... 1 minute... 15 minutes, 17 seconds. One hour. So, thank you. One hour. God, this. We, and we are one hour and 58 minutes We've into this recording. We've been talking too long. <laughs> when he transforms back into robot mode, his head, the, the, the barrel of the gun pops out and his head comes out of the hole. I love it. I, do you know what I just realized, though? Props to the animation department. There's no transformations where the character's pieces just disappear off screen. Yeah. Like uh, like Optimus Prime's trailer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they get into a, a, a struggle and uh, Hot Rod grabs the uh, the matrix. matrix of leadership and this is the song that plays. It's too much. And couple managed, notes here. He manages to open it. Ah, oh, couple notes here. One, the music sounds like it's the music at the end of a inspirational PSA. Like things have gone so well, mm-hmm. and the fact that yes, he does have the touch. That's the, what the lyrics say. He literally has the touch. Also, the cheese. The voice touch. of Optimus Prime saying, "Rise, Rodimus Prime." We've now renamed Optimus Prime. Uh, sorry, Hot, Hot Rod, Rod to Rodimus Prime. It feels very reminiscent to me of any time God shows up in a Kerbo video. In a, oh, it, I did not know where you were going with that with one of the terminal montages Kerbo yes, videos. Yes, anytime <laughs> God shows up, that's what it sounds like to me. You, it's very bright and shiny. <laughs> you are my greatest creation. Our most favorite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we oh, love terminal montage. This moment is so good. So um, Rodimus Prime now goes beast mode on Galvatron. <laughs> yeah, Galvatron's shooting at him and the bullets are just bouncing off. But he does... Hot Rod's still a doofus. He gets... Yeah. He's just sitting there with his arms up his head holding the le- the Matrix leadership and uh, Galvatron shoots it out of his hand. <laughs> uh, but he's already absorbed all of the power, I guess. Yep. And now he looks very detailed. He's gone full hot Squidward. <laughs> and he... He gives... <laughs> Yeah, but you know he does the thing any good transformer should do. He gives the finger thumb point straight oh, into yes, the camera. The finger thumb point. We love that. And um he picks up Galvatron and just throws him out the into space. And throws him through one of Unicron's walls out into space. Oh no, you were right. Okay, I was wrong. You were totally right. So the secret <laughs> the secret to the matrix of leadership 
that Hot Rod figured out that Ultra Magnus could not is that you shouldn't grip by the handles. You need to put your fingers in little fingy holes on the side. <laughs> like like you said earlier, like, bar- so, like brass knuckles. They put so much, like... <laughs> <laughs> and he, he opens it and reveals... Uh, uh, or he does it twice. You see him open it three times. He's wow. Recharge. Uh, and it just explodes. <laughs> yeah, and starts tearing uh, Unicron apart. <laughs> and for some reason, out. he grabs his knee. <laughs> Why does he grab? And Unicron re- grabs his own knee. Um, and so this allows all the opt- opto. Oh, man, I want to say Optimus Prime bots. And for some the reason, the rest of the Autobots to escape. And for some reason, Unicron's hand reaches into himself. Yeah, he's like it was literally tearing super himself apart. Weird. And so now, uh, Hot Rod transforms into. He still looks the same in the front, but he's now had his Lightning McQueen moment. But now he's a big truck, kind of like yeah. Megatron. Optimus what do you Prime. mean, Lightning McQueen? Yes, yeah, sorry, Optimus Prime. He's had his Lightning McQueen character growth. I see. I don't remember. Uh, I don't Anyways. remember everyone going inside Chick Hicks at the beginning <laughs> of Cars Two and blowing him up. I don't remember that part, but okay. <laughs> anyway, so they, the they go after the other eye. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you didn't, I didn't catch that? that. They went in one eye and out the other. That is brutal. Oh my gosh! This movie rules, dude. Like, we pretty much watched it a second time here, and I am now fully in love with this movie. Oh, my uh, gosh. And then his head flies off. Unicron's, Unicron's head, head flies off. The rest of his body implodes. And then we get a transition to the remaining survivors or whatever <laughs> of our cast on uh, Cybertron. And so I wrote down this quote because we had some good comments. So Cybertron is still um, now decently destroyed. After Unicron decided to take a walk on it. Uh-huh. And so, Aronimus says, let this be the end of the Cybertron War till all are one and they all cheer. It fa- the, the camera, like, zooms out. And there's, like, 14 of them. <laughs> Which, when we look at that, when we read some of the information we got earlier... Um, real, sorry, real quick, before you, you get to this, I want to... There's something that's back a oh. second that I want to my say. Bad. Sorry, no, no, it's all right. I wasn't looking at my notes. It's my fault. Uh, there's a couple things here. One, another moment that I like. It's very this now very similar to what what did we? I feel like there was something we talked about recently. <laughs> that does not. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Down. Um. Oh, never mind. Nothing to do with this podcast. Totally. Uh, sometimes when you, redacted you, info. <laughs> sometimes you go. Sometimes you go back and watch something. Mm-hmm. It won't necessarily be good, but it'll be weirdly ahead of its time. This movie has a lot of stuff. That you see in other like big climaxes of franchises, mm-hmm. and one the probably the most notable is very similar in very much a very Avengers Assemble moment. Hot Rod says for the first time in this movie, Autobots transform and roll out, oh, which yeah. is a very I think a very cool moment because that's what Optimus Prime always said. Um, I also have noted on here simply. Um, I'm sorry, I have to go back a little bit to to get it. Uh, very simply, I just have written down Unicron's death noise. <laughs> um, let's see if I can find it. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, it's a little bit. It's oh, sorry, it's when viewers, he's floating I was, I, away. I was in the wrong spot. Yeah, you are. 
It should be here, right? Uh, right. <laughs> and his head flies off. That sounded off. like the vine boom. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so anyway, so I continue with what you were saying before. So we get to the end where, yeah, Radimus is like, we won. And they all cheer. It fades out. There's like uh-huh. 14 of them gathered. And so my thought was, I'll, I'll get to what you said. Okay, it was okay, really I, funny. I'm going to play it. <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, all 14 of them are going to be one. Because... After okay, so after you read the article where Hasbro wanted to just kill essentially uh-huh. every single one of them, it makes more sense that there are so many, so few characters at the end of the movie. But it's just kind of like, wow. I can literally count. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about ten so, characters yeah. on screen as they zoom out from the big like "we did it" speech. And not only are there very few characters on screen, but the city, the presumably the planet, is just decimated and, and so only one fitting piece of Cameron, audio this is the funniest thing all night did it patrick we saved the city just think what might have happened if we didn't tell everyone about the monster <laughs> it's just, oh my god <laughs> it's just very much yeah we did it patrick we saved the city as there's this triumphant triumphant music as it pans out on a destroyed city just the entire planet's destroyed oh and then then, like let's say let's say you accept this like the movie is not doing a good job of conveying the victory because no one's alive and the planet's destroyed for the most part let's say you accept that as a big nice final moment then you just see not only is it unicron's head flying through space it's orbiting the planet and it flies by the camera, flies away from the camera, and then it freeze frames and goes, and the credits play over this single image <laughs> of Unicron's head in the mid-distance. Should I make that our uh, Twitter banner? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then there is then six minutes of credits yeah. in which the new Transformers theme plays over the entire thing. Yes. Six minutes of this. Yeah. One of the funny parts, though, is the end of the credits has the statement of any characters and events depicted in this story are intended to be <laughs> fictional and not real people. And it's like, wow, thank you. Overall, bizarre film. Oh, God. Crazy movie. Never stops, except for one fishing moment. Absolutely bonkers. But we had a great time. We did have a good time. Um, oh, any, any last thoughts to no. say? Before? There's not much any, more you can't say. We've been talking for like an hour and a half about this thing. We can we can go watch Rise of the Beast. We talked for almost as long as the movie itself. Yeah. <laughs> you did go through it. <laughs> not, yeah, but we really fast forward. But nonetheless, um, we now move on to everyone's favorite moment. For us, it's been three weeks since we've done this. I guess. Yeah. Meme minute, but it's longer than a minute. It's Hopefully not an hour and a half, but maybe it's a meme parsec or maybe it's a meme astro second. Rachel, it's been three weeks. 
Give me both barrels. Do you have any memes? I do. I do have some memes. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, the first one I made was my reaction to it was Je- I made I literally paused Jedi Survivor and made this meme. <laughs> um, so when you when after the about three fourths of the end of the game, after it's revealed, Bode is the is the rat. He's a inquisitor. Mm-hmm. You follow him to try to track to try to get the key to Tantalor. That's the planet they've been trying to get to. Tantalor. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, Tantalor. Um, and so there was a you show up to an Imperial base and you're like, okay. The first thing you scan goes ISB um pillar. And uh-huh. I went, ISB because my favorite <laughs> character is an ISB agent. Uh-huh. But so there's a gif out there of this woman saying Beyonce like looking super excited uh-huh, and uh-huh. I basically I just took a <laughs> screenshot and just captioned it ISP because that was exactly my reaction that is one of the was to me one of the funniest memes and one of the hardest to explain. I know that's so simple. Yeah, because all it is is a woman exclaiming one word. That's all yeah. it is. And when you try to funny. when you try to look at when you Google Beyonce gif, uh-huh. it's just gifs of Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I have a ton, so feel free to tell me what you got. Okay, yes. Um, like, I, I gotta I got do a Let's camera. see here. Um, so, uh, <laughs> during Revenge of the Sith 2005, Padme tells Anakin that she is pregnant. This is a major plot hole because it's never explained how it happened. My parents won't explain it to me. <laughs> That's cute. Uh, what do you got, Rachel? Uh, this is captioned, Jabba says you can have an extra hour in the ball pit. And it's the Sarlacc <laughs> pit, but there's a bunch of little, like, balls from a ball pit. Oh, that's good. Bottom. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that. That's phenomenal. That's so good. Um, So, shout out. So, this is actually a post by Canon Jarris Core on Facebook, but they're shouting out my... Probably my favorite Facebook Star Wars account, which is Terrible Snoke Theories Daily. And it just says, these guys are all Snoke in different disguises throughout the timeline. Do you understand the connection? So it is... I'm not going to lie, it's late. Okay, so it is um, Savage Savage Opress, Darth Maul's brother... This guy from Rebels, I don't Gosh, remember his name. I remember his name, but I can't think of it. He, he's a character from Rebels. He's the former mayor of Lethal. And the devil-looking guy from the Prison Break episode of Mandalore, mm-hmm. uh, Mandalorian. They're all played by the same actor. Uh, the voice They're... of Mr. Krabs. Eugene! Yeah. I can, I'm totally blanking on his real name. But this whole joke doesn't really land when told verbally. But the joke being, you have three different Star Wars characters played by this one mm-hmm. actor. Mm-hmm. And they're all Snoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That didn't really land, but I thought it was funny. It'll be funnier when we post it on the Facebook site. <laughs> Some memes are visual. Yes. Um, this is uh, when you gotta solve a groovy mystery at six, but destroy a rebel uh-huh. base at six thirty. It is the Scooby Doo mystery <laughs> machine with ATAT legs where the tire should uh, be. So um, I'm gonna give this a little. I don't think I'm giving it away because this. I think what's really funny about this is it's kind of a subversion of a previous joke. Mm-hmm. So there was a. I feel like I saw this meme a ton um, about a month ago, um, where it was uh, something. It's it's Anakin and and Palpatine talking during the famous opera scene, and something like, um, our uh, our children are gonna kiss 
one day or something. And this says, I think our, our children, Anakin says, I think our grandchildren are going to kiss one day. Palpatine says, I think your children are going to kiss one day. Anakin says, should we kiss? <laughs> I showed an almost identical meme to that. Uh, except it didn't say, it, at the bottom it didn't say, should we kiss it's just like a zoom in picture of anakin it just says visibly concerned uh-huh. i think adding the should we kiss at the end is so hilarious. good should we kiss? um so star wars only on twitter posted uh our villains for the ahsoka series all these packed into eight episodes whoosh with like the fire emoji uh-huh. and posted pictures of the villains that we've seen revealed in promotional images and trailers i just want you to take a look oh very good <laughs> very good so, i like it for context we see the back of thrawn um balen scroll and his uh, pad- pad- i do not know her name she's blonde haired um some people think she's omega which i think is hysterical <laughs> um but Two another white hair must be the same another uh young girl with pale hair who's seen with balen scroll um the woman from mandalorian season two that we see ahsoka interrogating to oh. find out where thrawn is um, a picture of an Inquisitor who people mm-hmm. think we've seen in Rebels before. He might be eighth brother. There's been or a no. lot of theories running around about who he is. Sixth brother. Anyways, but the most important one is they slid in a picture of Chopper <laughs> <laughs> next to him. Side note, um, I am showing my wife Rebels right now. So I'm working through Rebels. So we'll probably be talking about that intermittently Rebels. throughout the next uh, couple of months. Um, I really, I, mean, I know it's a running joke that Chopper is a... Uh, uh, crime war criminal um let's say crime lord <laughs> a, a war criminal same thing um but i did forget how much of a menace he is specifically to the rest of the the ghost crew mm-hmm. um and i am now having having watched the show just a year ago with you so looking forward to the episode where he tries to buy the leg and gets left behind oh i'm so excited for that episode oh my gosh i cannot wait for rachel to see I just called my wife Rachel. <laughs> At least I avoided doxing her. Anyways, I can't wait to look show her that episode. Continue. Um, all I got are TikToks after this. Okay. Um, and I haven't seen a lot of them in a while. Oh, in a while. Okay. Um, so this is one is pretty visual, but I think I can explain it pretty well. I want mostly want to get your reaction. It is very well photoshopped. At first, I thought that it might be real. It took me a second to realize it was photoshopped. Once you look. It's closer you can tell it's photoshopped, but it's it's so small that it, it kind of gets past to your senses real quick. Um, it says, doctors made a 3D print of an ultrasound for an expecting uh, mother who is blind. I'm sorry, Rachel. The mother is holding a little 3D printed thing. It's like a three-dimensional thing of her baby's face, but it's just... Uh, Han Solo's face in carbonite. Photoshopped Han Solo in carbonite on it because I know that's real, but the Han Solo carbonite is the Photoshop. That's I lost it. I was just because when I was reading it, I was just not expecting to be a story. That's probably the best. That's probably the best part about looking for memes for this podcast is when you don't expect it to be a Star Wars or Transformers meme. So this really caught me off guard and I loved it. Don't forget to remind me before I forget about it. I have a story about our music producer at the end of this. Um. Well. Uh, real quick, before I forget, this is a very special uh, live moment. We just got a text from one of our main listeners, I Megan. I got my phone on Do Not Disturb. Um, so. She just texted us something. I'm going to go ahead and read it live on the podcast. She said, Rebels and Robots, Mandalorian, Season 3, Episode 6. Three minutes, 33 minutes, 59 seconds. 
Our friend Megan is very probably very knowledgeable about such things as a definition of a light year and she's probably yelling at her phone right now we were arguing about the definition of a light year uh lol a, a light year isn't how long it takes light to get here to the sun it's a measurement of distance and it's how far light travels in a year i don't think a parsec is a real measurement the speed of light is 300 million meters per second through the, though if that helps <laughs> well megan oh and then she she googles her parsec and it has a definition she said ope ope <laughs> Well, Megan, you're about to get to a portion of the podcast where we look these things up. So you're, yes. <laughs> we are in a moment. You're going to hear us telling you not to add us. <laughs> I look forward to your text message once you get to that part. Oh yeah, oh, I was going to say no. Parsec's real. We just it's not typically used in normal people. <laughs> <laughs> As if we're normal people. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what what memes you got? This. I, I be honest, I copied a lot of these throughout the last three weeks, so I haven't seen them in a while. Um, Disney's Disney World's costly Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser to close in late September. And this is a scene from the Clone Wars. This effort is no longer profitable. <laughs> <laughs> that was Hondo Anaka. Say, yeah, saying, as you said, this... Uh, is no longer profitable. Very good. I love it. I love it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Megan text again. Meme parsec is three. I don't know how to read 3. that. 3.086 E16 meters of memes. memes. <laughs> I don't know what that looks like in my head. <laughs> okay. So here is just a text post. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're, you're fine. You're fine. This is a text post that I thought was, uh, was a Transformers meme, actually. Um, the fact that dolls have a tea party has stuck around in the public consciousness is fascinating to me. Like, back in the old days, that would be a way that women would actually socialize. So if a girl had a doll tea party, she was imitating her mom and other contemporary women. But these days, women don't have tea parties. So now the idea of dolls having a tea party is an echo of extinct behavior, only repeated in a reference because it used to be so prevalent. So a Barbie in a, in a big hat theme for a tea party is a bit like as if they made transformers that taint changed into stagecoaches and horse-drawn buggies. Oh my god! Someone replied, like I wouldn't buy the <laughs> out of stagecoach transformers. <laughs> Someone replied, prime and prejudice. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Very good. Um, so this is uh, a Star Wars and legend of zelda tears of the kingdom meme so what this is is some so there's a building component in tears of the kingdom that's the best way i can sum it up at this point um someone built a tie fighter that works yeah so you you can build things in this video game i just said that. oh sorry there's a building component yes. and it's like it's just it's like the music and someone has built like a fully functional wow um, very impressive oh my gosh it takes it off flies. and flies yeah and so he's flying it and it looks like darth vader's yeah it's very impressive um very cool i feel like i need to show the next one that was literally like two videos below it two videos below it was someone making an x-wing <laughs> also in the game oh very good at least you know making an attempt um with oh, lasers with lasers wow yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> the cool. music is a good touch. It's good. Um, this is a visual meme that is. I mean, there's a there's a pun in here as well, but it's mostly the visual joke. I'm just going to show Rachel for a live reaction. Oh, it's a Photoshop of Shakti. Ooh. So it's the it's, it's oh. the Jedi Shakti, but with Shaq's face. <laughs> uh. Very 
very high quality Photoshop. Um, this is a meme we've referenced plenty of times before. This is a Lego meme that someone made with some of the Rebels Lego characters. Wild Wings has deals on deals uh-huh. on deals. And it's... Like, buy one, get one half off Wing Tuesdays. It is... Buy one, get one free boneless Thursdays. <laughs> and $3 Tallhouse beers every day. With all these oh, deals, man, with the it's Legos. It's Only really funny. Love it's it. just, it's the Buffalo Wild Wings, yeah, but so, with the themed... Um, the, the video that I'm sure we either showed it on the podcast or we watched it together. But when that when that first came around, what people did is they photo they took that audio and put it into an episode of Rebels where they did a broadcast. Mm-hmm. And I watched that episode just the other day, and as I remembered it, and as soon as the episode ended, I played that video for my <laughs> wife, and I thought it was very funny. Um, what you got? So this is another text post this is my final meme i believe um this is we're pretty much just stealing someone's content at this point but i thought it was really funny um so it says i just realized that han never knew that luke got his hand chopped off while he was in carbonite and i don't know which path i want to follow with this information one han seeing luke's injured hand after the sail barge battle and thinking that luke has been a robot the whole time Two, Luke shaking his hand with a super firm grip and Han just thinking, wow, this kid's gotten absurdly strong. (laughs) Three, Luke just pulls his hand off one day and throws it at Han. Four, Luke picks up a space chicken carcass and crushes it with his bare hand as Han is intimidated. Five, Han says, it's good to see you're all right. And then Luke says, well, actually, and then pulls off his hand and and Han falls over the back of his chair. Six, Han says... It's good to see that you're all right. Everyone gasps and Leia says, too soon. And Han is confused and they have to rag on him. Oh, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> Seven. Uh, Han needs a battery and Luke just opens up his hand and pulls out a battery and gives it to him. Eight. Luke reappears after a mission uh, with all the synth flesh off. And Han says, I thought it was easy, but you lost your hand. And Luke just says, oh, no, I lost this before indoor. And Han is hurt and betrayed. Uh, Luke Nine, Luke keeps making hand puns and limp puns and raising his right hand to high-five Han, and Han never gets it. Ten, Luke excitedly tells Han as they're waiting to be taken to the Starlight Pit, because it's been a whole year, that he wants, he wanted to tell the guy. I don't, I don't get that last one. Han excitedly tells Han as they're waiting to be taken. Like he just tells him he lost his hand. Uh, I see, yeah. Oh, he's been excited to tell Han that it's, his I see, okay. Uh, final one, Luke and Chewie are playing a game... It doesn't matter what. Han comes over and does the whole Wookiee tears the arms off the people who beat them thing to try to tease Luke. He doesn't know that Chewie and Luke have been preparing for it, though. And after Luke wins, Chewie pretends to be mad and rips off Luke's hand. The first two, three were funny. The others, like, overstayed their welcome. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I should have restructured (laughs) it. I didn't come prepared. No, you're good. The first one. I especially love the first one. Uh, So this is... This is the all right. I, I this is a trend that it's an audio. I, I don't know if it's from Archer. I don't know. It's from some Adult Swim. Show. Okay. I just want I just want to see your uh, reaction to this. Okay. First. Fine. You're all without fathers, all right? I, I'm I, not. I love my dad. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, uh, Ragnar. Ragnar Vizla. <laughs> With I love my dad in the first image. It, it, this is all hand drawn um, of Ragnar sitting next to like a funeral memorial picture of his dad, Paz. 
Uh, the next is a uh, family pictures with an urn with a tie on it that says happy father. It's just really funny because it was just like, wow, out of pocket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Since, uh, spoilers, Paz is dead. Um, Very good. I love it. I think it's really good. I, the fact that you, that was your last one, right? Yeah. Did you? The fact that you sent me this video on Instagram. <laughs> so it's been a very popular format recently. I guess you can just play it. Uh, um, it's, it's a clip from Parks and Rec. Rebels, if Chopper could talk. Flag, and you may as well start waving this it right Theron. now. The only thing I will be waving is your decapitated Chopper. head on a stick in front of your weeping mother. The, the ghost crew. <laughs> and the ghost crew is is Chris Pratt making a like, face. <laughs> okay, I... Um, I do love the idea of individual characters and how they would like verbally interact with Thrawn and the fact of Chopper trying to like verbally intimidate yeah. Thrawn is really funny. So, um... Someone, I just found this on TikTok, and so I'm not going to play the whole thing, but someone posted Star Wars, but every time they shoot a laser, it gets faster, <laughs> and it starts off with, um, you know, A New Hope. Oh, no. <laughs> I wonder how much it's speeding up, because already we've seen a lot of lasers. Yeah, I don't know. Star Wars, but every time they shoot a laser, it gets faster. David! Yeah, they're going fast now. We're seeing R2 and C3PO on the Pansy 4. Okay. Okay, so now we've got a lot more lasers now. <laughs> and there's just no noise anymore. And there's not a laser for a long time because you're all on all the, the Tatooine there stuff. There's so many at once. There was so many in that opening scene. And then you have the Death Star got, just got blew up. So it speeds up there. And now no, we're back on the... Alderaan. No, Alderaan gets blown up. So now we're on the Death Star. And now you have the sp- first space yeah, battle. It, it's, and it's not quite over. I think there's another part. But it's still pretty funny. Um, some, that's some, that, at this point, very classic meme format. That was it. That's all you got. Okay. Um, I do have a really funny story to tell. Please go. So we say this at the end of every um, uh, podcast. <laughs> story rules. So about every oh, the story's so pod- good. Our music producer. Um, oh, shoot. Sorry. Before you tell the story, I forgot that I have one more thing. Ah. I totally forgot. Do you know a not- really funny story? Uh, while you pull it up, my mom live texted her reactions to the end uh-huh. of Mandalorian season three. And I totally forgot about it until just now. So we're going to talk about it next week. Okay. Yes. Bring it It's really funny. For sure. Okay. Can you get Athena, please? Bring her oh, over here. God. But look at her. Do you see her sleeping in the tunnel? Look how peaceful she is. <laughs> you see the top of her head on the other side? Oh, yes. Oh, Aww. we need her. We need her. I've been waiting since before the wedding. Also, I wanted to do this on our last recording, but we were at my house so we couldn't. Yeah, for like the last three, Athena had not seen Cameron for 35 days. It's been 35 days since her white boy sighting. Okay. Oh, Cameron, she looks so peaceful. She, she her eyes open. She, yeah, she woke I up. She got up. <laughs> She's 
I'm very excited. I've been waiting for this. I, this is something I found. So I referenced it on the last episode. I was on Facebook and an ad for this thing popped up and I knew that I needed to do this. You can get her. She'll be fine. You pick her up all the time. <laughs> That's one of my favorite openings to this ep- this podcast was when you picked her up and had her meow into the mic. We are gonna bring over Athena for so, for some content. She's so warm. Oh, she loves you. Okay, oh. here we go. Here we go. Oh, I need to, oh shoot! I screwed it up. Okay, here we go. There it goes. Oh, oh yeah. God. That's so good. That so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what it was, it was a Snapchat filter that's specifically designed to change your pet into Optimus Prime. And it worked really well. And it even found her eyes and lit up her eyes and put Optimus Prime's like helmet looking thing on her. Um, brilliant. Catamus Prime is what I'm going to caption this. Oh, there she is. She's do you miss me, Athena? I'm trying to get her comfortable. Cat, I miss. I kind of have to hold her like a toddler. Sorry. There we go. Okay. So there's there's the final meme. We we made a live meme on the podcast. Live meme on the podcast. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> Not any more than usual, at least. So um, if I sound a little far away, it's because I'm holding her. And I can at least angle it towards so, you. So <laughs> our music producer, Caleb Jacoby, who we shout out to every podcast for making our fantastic music. He whipped it up. <laughs> he whipped it up in like an hour. It's absolutely fantastic. So a group of us were hanging out. <laughs> a group of us were hanging out. Um, the Sunday before Memorial Day, and the podcast got brought up. I look him dead in the eyes and go, oh, did you know we have a podcast? And without missing a beat, he goes, yeah, I made the music for it. And, <laughs> and I can't believe I did it, but I had forgotten. <laughs> well, I had... I just, I, it just slipped my mind. So funny. When you told I me this story, the I lost eye. it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we have a podcast. You know, he goes, he goes, yeah, I made the music. Even though, and I looked at him and I was like horrified because I'm like, we literally give you a shout out every single time we record. I can't, oh, I felt so bad. And he's like, no, it's fine. So. Uh, great story. Great way to, to lead into our conclusion as usual, as, or as always. Thank you to Caleb Jacoby for our intro and outro music, and we apologize for Rachel forgetting that you exist. Uh, props to Rachel for our artwork and Twitter account at Rebels Robots Pod. Um, also follow us on Facebook. Um, you can very much tell the difference between our personalities with the way we run those two accounts. Um, obviously, the Facebook's been pretty quiet for the last two weeks, but um, <laughs> Twitter's been a little quiet too. That's okay. Um, hopefully, we'll have a lot of new content starting tomorrow. Well, we won't. Neither of us. We're gonna watch. Okay. So a little quick preview for next week. We will be talking about the new Transformers film. Um, We will not be watching it until Monday, right, is our plan. So we won't have any – we won't be able to post any memes or anything like that over uh, the weekend. But you should start seeing stuff from us next week about the new movie. Um, This is – even compared to our two-part episode, if that was – 
that was one recording that we still went longer than that. I know. And we talked about we talked about three episodes of Visions and an episode of Transformers and ranked all nine episodes of Visions. And this week just talked about one movie and we had a good amount of news from when we were gone and a, a pretty average amount of memes. But um after next week um we'll see how things go maybe the next like we'll, it'll, i think how we feel about the new uh rise of the beast will probably dictate how the next couple weeks go because the yeah. movie if the movie is like mind-blowing mm-hmm. which i doubt it <laughs> <laughs> like it's just doubtful like wow. no, no transformers movie is mind-blowing but if it is it might be worth talking about for a few weeks um if not i would really like to go back so we we reason this we this week's episode took so long so we talked to a whole movie and we wanted to talk about this movie before Rise of the Beast. After this week, I would love to talk about other Transformers films. But we would probably... I don't know. Actually, we have... we got to fill the space until June Ahsoka. and July and some of August. And then we have Ahsoka. August 23rd. Um, so maybe we'll come up with a schedule to fill that. Uh, I would like to talk... I think it would be fun to break up the movies and talk about them in like three-week pieces or maybe two-week pieces. I think two weeks maybe. This episode would have done well broken into two parts. Hear me out. Okay. We watched Transformers Prime. <sighs> we'll have to talk about it. We'll have to talk about it. Not super amped to do that, but it could be good. <laughs> it's funny. Let me have my joke. <laughs> um, so uh, give us something to, to read on the pod. Leave a review. Tweet or DM, DM us some memes or some opinions. Whatever you want. Text us live. If you have our phone number, we'll probably read it on the pod. <laughs> we always record on Wednesdays. Um, normally at least unless one of us gets married <laughs> or one of us uh oh goes on vacation well you're not going on vacation you're going it's to a, a work conference yes. so uh we could probably record a long episode the week before yeah only be gone two for parts. a week um so this is cameron and rachel signing off saying tell grimlock about petro rabbits again oh no we should have done the ball when he grenog bog thing <laughs> well you just did it there you I go did it anyways <laughs> good night everyone <laughs>